Hello, my name is Simon Miller from What Culture Wrestling, and you are listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, and you better keep listening to it. Why? Here's why. You're, You're listening, listening to the Podmania, Podmania Pro, Pro Wrestling, wrestling Podcast. Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. Welcome to another episode of the Podmania podcast, Podmania episode 188. It is half past nine on the 21st of May. It should have been nine o'clock, but fucking hell, internet issues. But I'm joined by Garth and Chris, who are in a damn sight better mood than I am. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi, I'm I'm very happy. Oh, I, haven't, I haven't had a mental breakdown this week, which is rare for me, so. And we're on episode 188. 118, Garth. So did you. I definitely did not say 188. <laughs> <laughs> we've literally just celebrated our centenary. How would we have got to 88? That's what I was thinking. I've slept through a few of them. Chris has just been slowly siphoning off solo episodes. <laughs> well, with the NXT thing coming up, which, by the way, going to con you an hour up, when are you going to be around for fucking arrival? Oh, yes, that's a good point. I will be around at some point this week to record part of a... Well, to record all of Arrival, not part of Arrival. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we just do be... To be fair, whenever I watch Arrival, I always stop around the time two kill come out. So It's weird, because I always stop at the end of the Sami Zayn and Cesaro match. <laughs> right up there. <laughs> you have no idea how prepared I am for that. I've actually watched the pre-show. Oh, my God. There's a pre-show? Yeah, it's only half an hour long. Oh, man. I'm not watching the pre-show, dude. Kevin Nash is on it. It's amazing. Well, you're really <laughs> selling it to me now. Um, ladies and gentlemen, it's it's been a trying half an hour for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm sweating. I'm angry. I'm laid up with man flu. I'm just a ranty fuck today, which is a good job when you today. consider... Just today, yeah. Just today. Basically, I'm being the... How, how can I put it? I'm being the... I'm being the opposite to your, to your positivity today. You're being like me. I'm basically being God. <laughs> I'm being an angry old man, is what I'm being. What's weird is Garth has not said a bad thing about anything in the half an hour we had to kill before you got your mic sorted. Ah, giving time. No, we I'm... haven't talked about the uh, weird 1950s belt that WWE have introduced yet. Um, right. Should we get started, guys? Should we actually talk about some wrestling? Because this week, yeah. it's been a weird fucking time to be a wrestling fan. And a busy time. And certainly a busy time. I think we should start on a slightly serious note. Um, Obviously, this week has seen the death of two wrestlers, or two members of the wrestling profession. Um, One in ring, which is always, always horrible whenever it happens. As a quick aside, to the people who share the fucking video, because fucking I can't turn I forget to turn off fucking Facebook art to play. Fuck off. I don't want to see that. It's very, very harrowing once you've once you've seen the video. You see, you know, you think to yourself, "I have just, I've just effectively watched the end of a person's life." I didn't want to watch a video, but like someone puts the exact fucking five seconds in which he dies up, and it's like, Jesus Christ! Yeah, it's it's 
it's not pleasant. We are, of course, talking about Silver King, uh, who died in the ring at the age of 51 on the 11th of May, which was just after we put up our uh, previous podcast. Uh, he was performing in Camden in England uh, in a match with Juventud Guerrera. The video is available. The video was everywhere for a short spell of time. Um, I don't know why people felt it was necessary to put this up, but nevertheless, they did. And for those who've watched it, I've, I've watched it, unfortunately. And I think what is causing a lot of, a lot of distress is the fact that it, it wasn't handled the best. And if I can speak for the majority of Twitter fans, they are saying that Juventud Guerrero potentially didn't do enough in ring to help Silver King. Um, the referee looked like he froze. Basically, what happens is there is a very botchy-looking flying clothesline. Um, there's then a pinfall, and Juventud Guerrero kicks out two, which is what apparently was supposed to happen in the match. Silver King basically is on his hands and knees at this point. Um, there is a very, very awkward couple of seconds um, where the referee and Juventud Guerrero just sort of look at each other. Um, then Juventud Guerrero gives him a slight kick. I'm not talking about a super kick. I'm talking about basically a slight tap, almost as though are you all right? And Silver King collapses. Um, and he then does not move for the rest of the video. It's unclear if that's the, if he was still live at this point or whether that was, you know, the point where he died. Well, at that point, he may as well have been dead. Well, well, he sort of has to like roll him over to get the pin. And normally, obviously, the... Is this, the, really a, would this really be a situation where you need to preserve fucking kayfabe? Well, that's the thing. It's like, I, I watched it, as most people did, and I was waiting for them to sort of just stop. But they kept on going, and I don't know if that's just the thing that they do. I think as Finish well, the match. I think as well, at that point, you're not necessarily looking at Juventu Guerrero here. You are looking at the referee. The referee is the, is the official in that match. The referee is almost the senior leader in that match. And, you know, I, ca- I can't possibly put myself in that position. Yes, potentially he should have done more. You know, should he have thrown up the X when he realised something was wrong? Should he have, you know, should he have done something? Got someone from the back? Because not until Juventud Guerrero had celebrated on the turnbuckle, gone to the back and then bought someone back, did anyone even get close to attending Silver King? Um, yeah. And whether, whether we don't know whether the timings would have made any difference whatsoever. And again, I can't put myself in the referee's position, whether he did freeze, whether he just didn't know what to do. Uh, we None of us would know how to react in that situation. I think we can all agree, you know, freezing is, you know, is a natural reaction. In a, I don't in think anyone can really like be held accountable here. Oh no, no, certainly not. Certainly not. Now, especially, what, I mean, when you're talking about wrestling, it's all a play, and you don't know if it's part of the act. That is the thing as well. That is the thing. But you know, the referee is privy to the end of the match. You know, to the ending of the match, to certain sequences in the match. He must have known something was wrong because even us watching it, and the mm-hmm. first video I saw didn't have a tagline to it. I didn't know what I was watching. It didn't say, like, wrestler dies in ring. It was just a video with no bloody tagline. So even I could tell something was wrong. But again, a small mercy to come out of this. I was listening to the Voices of Wrestling uh, flagship podcast, and they said that 
something to come out of this is that All Elite Wrestling and MLW are making sure it is mandatory that all officials go on um, CPR training. That's good. Yeah. It That's is good. good. It is a very good start. I mean, it's you know, it's it's something small that can be changed, but on the back of now, I know, and this is horrendous. There was a man who died in a match with Rey Mysterio. Um, um, Piero yeah. Aguayo Jr. I can't say his name. Piero Aguayo Jr. Yeah, that's a, that's the man, of course. Now, after deaths in the ring, you would think that it's almost, you know, why aren't, you know, these, referees... These are very different cases. Even so, why aren't referees already CPR trained? You know, why aren't they already medical, medic, you know, basic medical training? Because, you I know, for these I, small I indie shows... I don't think referees are contracted a lot of the time. But so, for, like, there's no... So, they're not employees, so there's no, like, real obligation to send them places like i think a lot of places already have doctors at ringside this is just a wee indie show in london so like you can't really like mlw and AEW taking these steps are great but at the same time but this guy is probably just a dude who wanted to ref and was got lucky because he was in a big lucha match in camden you make it sound like cpr costs a fortune you can find it in places where it's free i'm not talking about going to medical training i'm talking about having basic medical training. I've got basic medical training because of my oh, job. No, I've, got, I've got basic medical training because they gave us it in skill. Exactly. And, you know, I'm not... I'm not. A lot of these small indie shows aren't going to have medical professionals there. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, That's what I mean. Where, when this normally happens, it ha- like, things really changed um, after Masawa died, but, like, for small shows, they can't afford things like that. And then, and, like, they can't make sure every referee is i i think it's just a harder thing to do on a smaller show i think if you are training to be a referee you are the person who is there in that match you are the first person on the scene even if it is just cpr training i think it's i think it's got to be a necessity wrestling is such a dangerous profession you know fuck people who say oh it's all fake fuck off okay you know <laughs> it's it's a dangerous dangerous profession you are going to have injuries you are going to have Things that, yeah, of course, you know, knowing CPR isn't necessarily going to save anyone's life, but it could prolong it till someone who actually knows what they're doing gets there. Because the amount of time between the pinfall and someone coming from the back is an astronomical amount of time. And it's somebody, somebody must have saw something. I think I mean, because like wrestling um, shows of people are trained to deal with like. If a wrestler breaks the leg or has a nasty landing on the head or something, they're not made to deal with like a heart attack or a stroke or what have you. I'm not necessarily saying dealing with a heart attack or a stroke. You know, <laughs> well, that's what killed Aguayo Junior. I mean, okay, that's that's fair enough. You can't do anything about that, but you can, you know, even something like rolling them into the recovery position or doing basic CPR. Mm-hmm. That should be something that is mandatory in referees. Something that doesn't cost them. You know, you can find it for a tenner maximum. You know, any local library does it. Any local fire station does it. And I think it should be made imperative that if you are going to referee a match, no matter how small, you take it upon yourself to be medically trained. You get a certificate at the end of it. Just present the certificate. Indie bookers, yep, that's fine. Get in the ring. Yeah, you're right. I think with the case of that, the Silver King one, surely someone either like 
prevented or the ref would have said, are you okay? And if there's no response, surely that's no, but like, straight but, away. Like, even the argument about Brick Kayfabe doesn't hold up because WWE actually do it really well. They put a referee, like, after a big spot, or if, or if someone looks bad, we'll just put their, like, finger oh, yeah, beside yeah. the hand and we'll just squeeze it. Like, mm-hmm. like just sad. Like, this ref didn't even appear to have any sort of contingency plans in the case of something might be going wrong. I guess you just, I suppose it's just one of those things where you just think it's ne- like it'll never happen to me kind of thing. Yeah, potentially, and I think it's so just a not, case of fear and flight, isn't it? Yeah, and just not like obviously if 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 the, if he knew that it was happening, he would have done something about it. But I just think he just didn't click. It just didn't. We can it's, levy some criticism towards the referee, certainly. But as none of us have been in his shoes and none of us know how we would have reacted, it's it's unfair to blame the ref. We don't know when Silver King died. And I think it's it's just unfortunate that a man who had such a legacy, you know, across the world, you know, he's won titles yeah. in AAA, CMLL, WWA and All Japan. Um, and he's performed, you know, in quite a an exposed spot in WCW. Um He's most famous was, perhaps for his tag team with El Texano um, and yeah. Lost Cowboys. He was re- he was he was in the top fifty PWI like world like all time wrestlers at one point. I mean, the man was was a big deal. Uh, loads and loads of luchadors and loads of um, especially Mexican wrestlers and things like that. And mass wrestlers have come forward and said, you know, he was such an inspiration to us. It's just such a shame that a man with such a storied legacy. It's and he was Ramesses like as well. I did not know that. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't make the connection. And it's, it's really, really sad. And, you know, it's always, it's always sad when a member of the wrestling profession passes away, whether they be an in-ring comment, uh, sorry, an in-ring professional, whether it be a commentator or even, you know, a referee or something like that. Someone on the backstage, like a booker or something. Exactly. It is always, always horrendous. It tugs at the heartstrings, but to have someone die in ring, it's, it's always horrendous. And unfortunately, it, it didn't end there last week. Um, unfortunately, it, it broke again later last week. On the 16th of May, Ashley Mazzaro, uh, winner of the 2005 Diva Search, died at 39. Um, the details of her death remained sketchy for quite a while, which is never a good sign. Um, and then TMZ have reported today that she did, in fact, she it was death by hanging in her apartment. Oh, um, that's what TMZ have reported anyway. Um, there's there's many things that people have said about this. You know, uh, one thing that has been universally stated by everyone is that she was an absolute delight to work with. She was a really, really nice person. Um, she was a really nice worker. She was friendly with everyone and everyone got on with her. No one had a bad word to say about her, which is excellent. Um, if you discount the stuff that Rebby Sky has apparently put out there, which we... <laughs> Rebby Sky can fuck off. What, like, what's actually... She, what's Rebby... she been saying now? Apparently, uh, I, do, I think it's people looking for stuff. Rebby Sky just happened to tweet out two smiley faces. A smiley face and a kiss with a heart. And it ha- Oh, that, oh. I just assumed that Rebby Sky was looking for a fight like she normally does. No, she normally does. Don't get me wrong. She is a very, very unpleasant person. Um, 
But I think that's been completely misinterpreted. People started sending death threats to her children. That's just that's just not to her children. What the fuck did her children do? Exactly. It's not their fault. Her mo- it's not their fault. Their, their mother's awful. I mean, don't get me wrong. I do I do not like Revy Sky at all. But come on, there's no way that can be linked to Ash. Even if it was about Ashley Missouri, you don't know that. You don't know what goes on in her life. But anyway, we're taking we're going we're taking it away from yeah. This is a bad place to have a tangent. It's exactly. Oh, it's it's annoyingly common. And, well, not annoyingly, my like I'll trivialise it, but it's ridiculous how common things like this is in the wrestling community. It seems like we have a story like this at least once a year, mm-hmm. and it's well, this I is think... the second one this this year, isn't it? After um, what do you call him? I, it's it's the, the king's son. Oh yeah, fucking oh, uh, Brian Christopher. But yeah. it, it's fucked that we forgot that. But yeah, it's. It's annoyingly common, and I think a lot of it is down to the fact that WWE do not give their, do not give their people healthcare, which would cover medical costs in the case of something like like this. And the, I understand she's not under that employee, but it's awful. Like apparently she was emailing with WWE, and apparently things have come out like they she got sexually assaulted by a tr- by a military professional, and we were told she was told not to report it. Yeah. That's been, it's been widely reported by a few sources, but none of them reputable, but no one has come out and said that that did not happen. So until it's confirmed by, you know, someone, you know, verifiable, someone who has got actual knowledge of it, I don't think we can report on it. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, um, she'd, um, she'd, she'd, uh, not complain, but she'd mentioned something apparently when she was at the Weedry after several like landings on her head that she didn't feel right. Apparently she was just taught to sort of deal with it and give him pain pills. I mean Which seemed to be Yeah. The thing. Well if 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 the story of her being Yeah, if you if you if you listen to the story of well if you read the story of, you know, the alleged attack, you know, whether it happened or whether it didn't, um yeah you can't you can't be bought into the WWE office after going through all that and then be told you can't say anything because it will damage our relationship with the US military <laughs> that is what she was told if if it happened again until it's confirmed then obviously we can't say anything but to go through that and again ladies and gentlemen she was 39 39 years old that I'm I don't care what you do I don't care what it is 39 that's a year, years old that's a year older than me are you only 38 yeah oh. I thought you were, I thought you were 50 I know I look more distinguished but, uh... Genu- genuinely <laughs> th- genuinely thought you were 40s um, <laughs> thanks um, I mean if it is again I've only seen it reported by TOZ if it is true that she was that she has taken her own life it's it's horrendous it's another case of you know a superstar or you know a member of wrestling taking their own life and it's just it's so important to talk about it it's so important to go and seek medical advice it's so important it's to worth, go and it is worth saying coming off of um, mental health week and also trees are making fuck off but that's a side thing <laughs> um coming off of it and like um go to mind if you're in um england or wales or support in mind if you're in scotland if you need help they have both crisis and non-crisis help they can send you to so many places just just contact them yeah here here. um unfortunately you know gps do want to help you of course they do 
but they're so backlogged and wait times are just absolutely ridiculous. But if you can find someone to talk to, even if it's oh, just a friend, yeah, exactly. Um, you can that, ring. That's why. That's why I recommend minor support and like they point you towards charities in the local area who can help you. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's a terrible, terrible thing that's happened to both these people. But unfortunately, we uh, our thoughts, prayers, and condolences are with the families of. Uh, of Silver King and Ashley Mazzaro. Ashley Mazzaro, of course, leaves behind a little girl, which is awful. Moving on. Moving on. And it seems strange to be moving on, but we'll move on anyway. And Money in the Bank, uh, one of my favourite pay-per-views of the WWE it, year. Well, I say one of. I mean, I don't look forward to much in the WWE at the moment. <laughs> um, I, I, will, I will say I had more fun when you were on and we were talking while it was on, Ben. <laughs> Actually watching it after you went to bed. Yeah, I I did lose it after uh, after the cage match, which we will get into in a moment. I've just realised I've missed the cage uh, match off our running order, so I'm just going to add that in for my own benefit. Um, yeah, so Money in the Bank took place this week from Hartford, Connecticut, the home, of course, of WWE, uh, with big matches taking place with Seth and AJ for the Universal title, Kofi and Kevin Owens for the WWE title. What the fuck was that? I've just opened the can of beer, but I didn't think it would be that loud. What a fucking hurricane! What was that? <laughs> it sounded like Squirty Queen. It did. It sounds like it got making a fucking Sunday. <laughs> oh, we're talking about money in the bank. Dessert time, bitches. <laughs> Too sweet, bro. <laughs> Um, it's quite all right. Um, and obviously, we had the two Money in the Bank ladder matches, the women's and the men's. First of all, before we get into the matches, which were a mixed bag, some absolutely outstanding matches and some what-the-fuck <laughs> matches, um, which we'll get into in a moment. Garth, overall, what did you think of the pay-per-view? <clears throat> it was... It was fun, but it, I, can't, I can't detach myself from the booking. And the booking was dog shit from most of the matches. The matches themselves were actually quite fun, but the stories and the booking on them was fucking atrocious. Um, overall, it was fun, but not a lot of it made sense. No, I I agree with that. I think all of the stuff with the women's matches made a lot of sense. I thought they booked the whole story arc of the women's sort of side of things in Money in the Bank. I thought that storytelling was really good. Um, I thought that... I will get to you in a minute, Chris. Don't worry, I haven't forgotten you. <laughs> I'm used to it. Um, I thought Seth and AJ had a really, really good match. Um, I thought Kofi and Kevin Owens was a little bit disappointing. Um, yeah. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match until the end, I thought, was stellar. One of the best ladder matches I've seen on the main roster in a long time until, of course, the ending. And then there was matches that ranged from boring to pointless to whatever. Uh, Chris, what about you? What did you think overall? I echo a lot of gas sentiments of the booking is do- is absolutely dog shit. But, you know, if you're going into WWE expecting good booking, that's like walking into I don't know, a brothel and expecting a ham sandwich. Like, <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Chris, um, Chris, Chris, Chris. <laughs> that's not what you're into. Yeah, right. Well, you can't just make up sayings. <laughs> Why not, Rob? 
that's like that's like walking into a brothel and asking for a ham so i mean i imagine people have asked for that before let's be honest it is a very crude euphemism um <laughs> well <laughs> i was told that'd be a ham baguette oh god <laughs> you, you made it weird um yeah, I, I agree with both of you. I think some of the booking decisions were shoddy, to say the least. But I think the competitors, especially in some of those shoddy matches, some of those shoddy booking decision matches, I should say, did the best they could with what they were given. Um, what, though, I, I was drinking, which made it a lot better. Drinking makes a lot of things better. Drinking tends to make the WWE more enjoyable. Yeah, it's a, like drinking is like... Okay, for when you're drinking watching pay- WWE pay-per-view, it's like you're in, the, in a bar and like the girl on the end of the counter is getting progressively better looking. That's what it's like when you're drinking while watching a WWE pay-per-view. See? <laughs> yep, See, exactly. I, I, I wasn't drinking, so it was the opposite. <laughs> you just kept seeing the flaws and the flaws. Yeah. And, the, yeah. and, then, yeah. and then you realise she's an absolutely shitty person. Yeah, I, I, she's a racist. What, one like, thing I did notice fucking, with this is um fucking um I can't remember his name uh, Graves Corey Graves really, really grinds on us now no it's not as bad as Michael Cole Michael Cole can fuck off there was a moment it's during like... WrestleMania during the Drew and Roman match where um Byron was like oh he said he's gonna um destroy and then Cole was like well actually he said exterminate I'm like fuck off Cole See, that doesn't... I don't know, it's just... Corey Graves, I don't know what it is. It's just recently. Is it because he's co- had his head shaved? <laughs> and to, be fair, to be fair, him and Byron now look like brothers. They do, they do. One looks like the really, really gangster older brother of the other one, which is brilliant. <laughs> um, one looks like he gets A-star, A-pluses and everything, and, you know, he's got, like, loads of science awards, and then there's Corey Graves, who's got a motorbike and a leather jacket. No. Yeah. One of them is GTA 5. The other one is Elmo's Adventures in the Alphabet. <laughs> um, so, we kicked off the pre-show, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to say this. Planet Warriors, or Planet's Champions, whatever you want to call them, versus the Usos, you are lying to yourself and to your family if you knew this wasn't a championship match. Every person... In the fucking world, thought this was for the championship, and at no point did the commentary team during the match mention that it wasn't a championship match. I like how just no one noticed. Like I'm including myself here. No one noticed. I the referee didn't, didn't say it for the WWE Tag Team Championships. Everyone was just like, "What?" Daniel Bryan has gone from being in one of the main matches at WrestleMania to being on the pre-show of Money it in the Bank. Sounds like the WWE. Although, um, like you could have cut. <laughs> one of the like this is a, the one card where I'd be happy with the cruiserweight match not being on the main show. Oh, I was we'll going to mention that. Jesus we'll, Christ! Of all the cruiserweight matches to put on the main card, we, we'll we'll get into that. But surely um, the Planet Warriors should be called Captain Planet. Captain Planet. Yes, I agree. It should be. I, I've got nothing to say about this match. It was it was pretty much as by the numbers, by numbers. as possible. Although Daniel Bryan still makes it interesting, like he catches things really well and he has an excellent timing. Like any Daniel Bryan match is great to watch because he's just one of the best in the world. So. And of course, Rowan Rowan's getting better. He was wearing an absolutely sick Slipknot shirt, so well done, Rowan. Continue to represent the metal community. Uh, imagine if he just start. Imagine if the more he's hanging out with Daniel Bryan, the more hippie-ish his music becomes. He becomes, <laughs> he likes Grateful like, Dead and Jethro Tull. Like, 
it like it starts get, it starts progressively getting there until like there's like one week he's out in like a Creedence Clearwater revival shirt. <laughs> Jeff or Tullagrit. They're not. I'm just gonna say that. They're not. Um, <laughs> I've seen them live. Of course you have in their prime. <laughs> You've seen everyone live. Oh, it's what it's sort of like how an immortal will get to everything at some point. You've been around <laughs> so long, we've just got around to everything. <laughs> what was Elvis Presley like live, Garth? Um, shit. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've always I, wanted to know what Glenn Miller's band was like. <laughs> <laughs> I've got, I've got absolutely nothing to say about this match. To be perfectly honest, it was, it was, it was, it was by it the was numbers. A... I don't think we can give it anything higher than a five, in my opinion. I'd, I'd give it a six because of the dives. I'll give it a five because I didn't watch it. Outstanding. That's good enough reasoning like... for me. Yep, concede that point, Chris. Um, we then moved on to <laughs> right. This is my favourite bit of the entire show, okay? So at the end of the pre-show, with about two minutes to go in the pre-show, um, we get Naomi coming down, um, dressed as a member of the Teen Titans, I think, the um, a Bumblebee from the Teen Titans. Sick-looking costume, fantastic. She's got the whole, uh, bring it to the floor, and, you know, you've got the whole crowd going. It was amazing. <laughs> you know... You know, you got all that going on. <laughs> and, and then, as she slides down the ramp, the pre-show finishes. Now, that's fine, okay? You're getting people into it. You know, oh, great, it's the Women's Money in the Bank ladder match first. I'm going to watch the show. Brilliant. Okay, there's then about a two-minute interval between the pre-show and the main card. Then... Before the main card starts, you've got the intro package. Very, very well done, by the way. Um, then we cut to the announcers for some unknown reason. I, I was very happy because Michael Cole wasn't there, but that got ruined. Yeah, I mean, and this was after the then, now, forever thing that they got already. Dun, 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 dun. I love that. Now, <laughs> at this point, we are at least five minutes removed from the end of Naomi's entrance. Nobody else has entered the ring and Naomi is standing in the middle of the ring on her own, just completely <laughs> lost Somebody in this sea up. of people. And she's just looking like, what, 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 what is happening? And then they went, Naomi! And she just started to dance again with the <laughs> lights on. It was the most awkward. She must have been standing there on her own in the ring for a good five minutes just going... Do I carry on dancing? I mean, do do I just... Which, by the way, is not a great theme song when there's no fucking lights off. So, somebody's just totally pulling a rib on her. Yeah, we're just going to leave you out there. It's actually the men's match first, but go on, Naomi. Um, Only Kevin Nash. <laughs> with his fucking punches. Um, so, yeah, we had... Obviously, we opened up with a women's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, this was quite concerning to watch. I'll tell you what was really fucking concerning. Why is everybody standing there just fucking looking up at the sky? Right, ladies and gentlemen, After... I am just going to... Before Garth kicks off, okay, <laughs> our WhatsApp group chat was brilliant because Garth watched this... Did you watch it Monday? You watched it Monday morning, I believe. Yeah. And it was brilliant because I would occasionally look at my phone while I was at work and I'd just see 14 messages off our WhatsApp group of Garth kicking off about just this match. It was just <laughs> this match. Not the main event. Not the fact that WWE are having a new title. No, 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 no. No, just this match. 
I have never seen the man in a year and a half of doing podcasts with him. I have never seen this man get this angry. It was absolutely outstanding. He took you know, to Twitter. He took to Facebook. He <laughs> took to the WhatsApp group. This is ridiculous. You know, you know what was even um, better was we accidentally spoiled it for Gar. Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> we did spoil who won we, it. We were just we were just talking about like the <laughs> um, the semantics of me being allowed to live tweet. And then I was like, wait, yes, Bailey wins. And he was like, guys, I'm not watching. I'm like, <laughs> and then, like, it's funny because me, because Rob tried to kick Garth out of the room before Garth just went, you both have each other on Facebook. You just talk there. <laughs> just go, it was literally like being sent to bed by your dad. He actually, he, he, it was. And, like, Garth is our, like, podcast dad. So. Yeah, podcast dad, definitely. Um, anyway, dad. Garth, feel free to vent, my friend. Uh, like honestly, I don't have, I don't really have any problems with the match itself. <laughs> it's that just is bit... such a fucking lie. <laughs> well, no, like, like why lie? Like some of the spots and stuff. It's honestly, it's that bit where they're all standing there looking up at the fucking sign. I was just thinking, why don't one of the others smash the others in the face while they're all staring up? And then, I mean, there were some all right bits. I thought Nikki Cross had a really good showing. I agree. Um. The that, um, Scottish girl. I thought Naomi was looked look fucking awesome, and she had an alright match. But that um, the part where Mandy Rose fucking hurt Carmella, Jesus, you could tell. Jesus, fuck. It, like she smashed her knee, and, and then Carmella's like, "Get away!" <laughs> she goes for her again. Get away. <laughs> just like look, just fucking get away. Um, you should not have someone that fucking useless in the ladder match. <laughs> Especially when they got the choice of Sonya Deville or Mandy Rose, and they put Mandy Rose in that situation. Even for my ideal options, to be honest. Uh, you so- know what I put, Sonya I looks put like a safer well. worker. Um, I put uh, Naomi hits Starship Pain, and then just put uh, Johnny and Pac take, take fucking notes. <laughs> <laughs> it was such a better move than when Johnny Mundo does it. it. Was. Um, what I noticed very, very quickly was there was a big rift between the people like Bailey and the people like Mandy Rose. Yeah, massive. Because yeah, especially when it came to climbing the bastard ladder. Exactly. It's weird because the Holy the people shit. the people that Corey Graves wants to get his dick wet in <laughs> did really badly in this match. <laughs> well Carmella wasn't in it for half of it. Oh yeah, because Corey Graves Corey Graves needed some tending to. But I uh, see, was that what it was? <laughs> yeah. Um, but she was underneath. Tell you who was fucking good in this, although she was she was out of it for a long time. Like Ember, Ember Moon was excellent. Ember was so good. This this match gets a seven from me. So oh, can we can I quickly talk about? Hang on, um, hang on. Sorry, right? Solely for the uh, the eclipse off that ladder onto yeah. Natalia. Holy Brilliant. shit! Done so well. Natalia sold it brilliantly. Literally the only thing Natalia did in the match. I forgot she was in it. Um, great move, fantastic spot. I'd have loved them to to win it, but never mind. Chris, do but, carry on, my but, friend. But Dana Brooke bit <laughs> where oh, she dear. fell off the fucking ladder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. And they're like, Mandy's there. So it's obviously, obviously what I'm going to do is shot, spot that fucking complex with Mandy around because she can barely fucking do a clothesline. So Dana Brooks is hanging on. I'm like, oh, God, we're going to see a, we're going to see a fucking horrific injury here. She managed to get it on. So big ups to Dana Brooke. I was just like, oh no, Dana Brooke is going to like get seriously injured, and I don't care. Um, Tell you what, I want out, coming out of this match. I want um, 
Ember Moon versus Nikki Cross. It would be quite a, good. Because they're just they were stiff as fuck with each other. You know what I want to have this? Nikki Cross and Ember Moon getting you. Nikki Cross has a weird fucking character going now where she's Alexa Bliss's fangirl. She's like a mate and then she gets in there and she's all crazy. Yeah, and yeah. Alexa Bliss is going to turn on you, Nikki. It's what she fucking does. 100%. Um, it's, it's like expecting Rob not to be late for a podcast. <laughs> I'm expecting Chris to have a decent Twitter handle. Um, hey, break the fourth wall, boys. Yes, lads. My friend Jen like, really likes my Twitter handle. I'll have you know. Of course she does. She thinks she, she thinks it. She, think it she doesn't like wrestling she, though. No, she listened. She but she did listen to our podcast to see what it was like, and she was like, "I really like Rob. I just wish she'd stop bullying you about your Twitter handle." I really like Rob. Thank you, Jeff. Um, so star ratings six six. I'll concede six. That's absolutely fine. Um, we didn't mention um, the fact that they kept moving the fucking ladder all the time. <laughs> that's because you're the only person it bothers, Garth. It really does. Yep. Or the fact that Mandy Rose didn't climb the fucking ladder, got out the ring and ran up the ramp. What the fuck? <laughs> Can we also talk about her weird open mouth thing? When she oh, was yeah. looking up at the ladder and just had this weird open mouth gulp going on for she looks some like a guppy. unknown reason. She looked what? Like Duffy? <laughs> no, a guppy. I she looked like Duffy. No, I've never seen Duffy, I wouldn't know. And then, um, I, th- I, th- I think I sent you a screenshot of me notes and Bailey won it. Oh, yeah. That's what, zzz, boo, boring. Oh, I loved, I loved the Bailey one. It gave, me hope. It gave, it gave me hope. That Honestly, I, I have no time for Bailey at all. It's not We're not stopping her now. She'll celebrate on the floor. I mean, I, I disagree with you guys. It's not often I disagree with you. Um, this is the and agree hot... with me. Yeah, well, I agree with you. Yeah, it's 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 so long since Bailey has been hot. They have done everything they've possibly been able to to destroy I mean. Bailey and this character. Just leave it. I mean, <laughs> give it to somebody else. You look at it. She's had that awful kendo stick match where she was scared of a stick. You'd got the... sticks are scary. I agree, Chris. And then, see, we are agreeing again. And they had that fucking abhorrent, that awful Bailey, this is your life segment. Heel turn. Yeah, they had that stupid heel turn, which made no sense and didn't last. The they... last year and a half with Sasha. Yeah, the last year and a half with Sasha. It's It's been awful, but it goes to show the charisma of her, the fact that she won it and everybody... It, it did help, the fact that she was in a match where... Nobody else wanted any of the other people to win it. Mm. Let's be honest. Much as me and you voted for Mandy Rose, we really didn't want her to win it. Oh, I d- I, I, the only reason I thought she might have won it is because of what she is and who she is. Corey and Graves' Vince. bit. Um, uh-huh. and, Vin- and Vince is still booking this shit on the fly. Well, yeah, that is true. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Mandy Rose was supposed to win until they all went out and then Vince just went, No, Bailey! Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, <laughs> I thought, despite this match being quite clunky, especially when Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke were involved, um, it was it was still serviceable. I thought, again, the booking of this, the winning of this, leading into Becky Two Belts' matches, I thought it all worked really well. I thought everything worked really well. Uh, we then got a second championship match. It's <laughs> U- not counted as match. No, I think I think this is a dud, isn't it? Um, it's so sad. Let these two wrestle. I think there's two. There was two injuries, though. Yeah, there was two injuries. They were supposed to have a longer match because the only squash match I've heard on the card or I've read on several news sites was the only squash was supposed to be the Roman Reigns and Elias bit. Uh, yeah. Samoa Joe and Rey Mysterio were supposed to have a bit of time, but it 
pretty much as soon as Samoa Joe broke his nose and blood started pouring down his face, they called it and said, no, sorry, you're going to have to do the spot now. So they did the spot, and then Samoa Joe, once he'd been pinned, went to the back, got tended to, and then was allowed to do the run-in and the beatdown. Apparently, um, Ray was injured during the, the Hurricane Ronda sort of spot. To be honest, it looked like a messy, messy Hurricane yeah. Ronda anyway. And to be sure, Ray's, Ray's knees are more delicate than my mental state. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be honest, it probably it probably would have been an alright match. It would have been. I think Joe would have probably continued. I don't think that nose would have bothered him. Well, look at that match at Takeover the End, where uh, yeah. they kept having to stop the match because Samojo's face just kept pissing blood. <laughs> He's like, get off. <laughs> um, He's such a badass. I love it. I mean, overall, I'd love to see a Samoa Joe Rey Mysterio fight, an actual match. It looks like either Rey Mysterio is too injury prone, which why give him the title, um, or they're just they're trying to move on from this whole thing, or they're trying to get Dominic. I think we're going to see the debut of Dominic soon. Yeah, they wouldn't be doing all this if Dominic wasn't going to debut soon. And he's... what they should they should have just had this match end, not like just have it a. DQ or something, and then have the proper match at another time. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but the, I don't know. Like, it was just a bit of a damp squib. We're sort of expecting a bit more. Yeah. Oh my god! Right. <laughs> is, this your t- is this your turn? <laughs> it's it's one of them. Um, this was a dog awful match. Dog awful dog shite match. I'll tell you what was good about this match. What? Nothing. Sammy on commentary. Yeah. He's really good. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. This, so we're talking about Miz versus Shane McMahon in a cage match. Now, you're looking at one of the safest workers the WWE has in the Miz. Yeah. And Shane McMahon. The man is 50. Um, Doesn't look in shape and is gassed all the time. <laughs> This match, I don't think I've ever since Big Bossman versus Undertaker from WrestleMania 15 <laughs> seen such a boring cage match. Yeah, this is supposed to be the culmination of a feud. Well, it's not even the culmination, is it? Because Shane fucking won. Um, it's supposed to be the building of this, basically this betrayed persona that Miz has got. You know, Shane has battered his father, and honestly, it was the most boring by the numbers cage match nothing of any interest happened whatsoever shane did a coast to coast whoop de do okay literally nothing else happened there was nothing of note the match ended when Miz attempting to stop shane getting out of the cage shane dropped out of his own shirt to be fair, it's not the worst um, allegation of a McMahon quote-unquote accidentally taking off their shirt. True story. True story. This was crap. It was pretty I, dog shite. What annoyed us part of it was the fact that Miz hit his finisher onto a steel chair and then Shin still kicked out. Like, no, he didn't. Fine, no, he fine didn't. with that, but the Callahan fucking rich well, no, one, man. No, no. Fucking... I'm sorry. I'm disagreeing entirely with you, Garth. He didn't kick out. He got he his foot his on the ropes. Which yeah. apparently... Oh, fucking I! I forgot about that! Jesus Christ, that's so stupid! I that, mean, that was a referee fuck-up. <laughs> I'm sorry, you cannot have a rope break in a cage match. 
And it's well, just Cole the, Graves even called out. Well, on top of that, you had the previous match where the pinfall, not one, both of Samoa Joe's shoulders were off the mat. Yeah. It, it just referee botch. I, I assume the Samoa Joe one is a work to carry on that feud. This just made no booking sense whatsoever. And just what? what why? 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 Why, like, guys? Why? Uh, like, throughout, this, throughout this whole thing, and this is something that WWE becoming increasingly more guilty of, finishing moves are not protected in any way now. No way. Like, they don't finish matches half the time. But the Callahan doing his finish on the apron two minutes into the match, that's fine with you. Nah, but that's not... That was a hardcore match. It wasn't... He didn't go... For, this was a cage match. He didn't go for a pin. He yeah, did the he move. Should, and, and he should have. And then he did the he did the same move on the thing, on the ladder in that match. But this was... This happened not just in this match. There was like three other matches where people kicked out of finishing moves. And it's fair enough, like, have one match where you do it, but not all of them. No, I agree with that. I I I can't give this above a four. Um, that's very fucking high. I'm giving it a one. I'll give it a five. <laughs> just sort of as just an average cage match. It wasn't. It no. wasn't like the shittest. It was. It was. It was. It, um, <laughs> let's give it. A I mean, I'm not. I'm not going to cry over it. So <laughs> you might do. I've been beaten up several times in my life. Some of them I had more fun than watching this match. Yeah. <laughs> I've had more fun beating up Chris than watching this match. Um, what happened in Blackpool? It really did. Now, the Cruiserweight before, Championship. Before the match. Go on. They had the bit with Sammy hanging up. Oh, oh yes. why, wasn't, why wasn't that Bray Wyatt? That was a Who very Bray Wyatt move. Because I wrote down, I've got written down, haha, Sammy hung upside down. Bray question mark. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to be Bray. Yeah. To be fair, we still don't know it's not Bray. Unfortunately, I don't think. No, it was because it was um, confirmed on Raw. Uh, well, I haven't watched Raw. Um, I doubt many people did. Um, I did. <laughs> why? It wasn't too bad. I watched it on like sort of double speed. Double speed? Did it make Baron Corbin <laughs> look like a decent wrestler? Nah. No. The problem with Baron Corbin isn't how fast he goes. Yeah, but he gets through his matches quicker. Um, we got the Cruiserweight Championship now. And... Both me and Chris have the same opinion of this. You had Buddy Murphy as your champion against Akira Tozawa, and that couldn't make it on the main card. But you put the belt on Tony Nese against Arya Davari, that needs to be on the main card. What? Tony Nese is fucking great. (laughs) I like this Tony Nese carried (laughs) Arya Davari in this match. This was another one I felt was so dull. It was I so if, dull. I think if WWE didn't have such a stacked fucking roster, I think to, um, Tony Nese could easily be like US or IC champ. No, uh, Tony Nese is amazing. Like he's properly, properly good. And then you have him against. But the thing is, two or five still has a great roster behind them. What they have Noam Dar, Jack Gallagher, um, who else? Brian Kendrick's still there, I think. Yeah, Akira Tozawa. Um, you could still you're not using Buddy for anything, so you could ha- have him have his rematch. What and, what and... <coughs> sorry, go on. Like I never had up in two or five, but like that's better there's so many better choices than I'm I'm not even I'm above two or five pounds. I'm a better choice than fucking Ari Davari. 
he doesn't offer a lot, does he? Apart from the no. Poundland Rainmaker. I think um, that was a good, that's a good move to be fair. It's a Poundland like, Rainmaker. I think I it's it. made it's made to look better by how Tony Nice sold it. Yeah, yeah. I thought. I the, mean, I thought the ending was rushed as well. Nice was. Uh, you, you could easily you could you could clearly see they were told finish it. Yeah, because one... they were sort of they were sort of in the sort of they were in the middle of a sort of bunch of moves that they were doing. And then it was a sweet end. End it. Do you think we're slightly? Do you think me and you, Robert, slightly down in this match because of how much junior wrestling we've been watching? Yes, I think that's exactly what it is. To yeah. be fair, though, it's also okay. not it's also not amazing. And I also, Gaff does have a yeah, but you have. I'm not trying to be cruel. You do have a lower bar than us. Yeah, because I don't watch New Japan. <laughs> yeah, because we like the best wrestling of the world, Gaff. True, but yeah, God. you have to take this on the merits that it's done. Yeah, mm. and but, I still and even on the dull. merits of this show, this is in the bottom half of the like. If I was to rank these matches, it would still probably be in the lower half. Like, it's probably, honestly, one of, I, probably my I, second or third favorite match of this card. I, 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 I enjoyed the Planet the World. I enjoyed the Usos Planet Warriors match more. I refuse to watch that. <laughs> Why do you refuse to watch that? Because it's a pre-show. Because it doesn't get paid. Oh. <laughs> Why don't you pay us, Rob? Uh, because I don't pay myself. <laughs> and I That's do what it. Paul Heyman said. Yeah, that's true. You know what was the worst thing about this whole match? The worst thing? The they kept moving crowd. the ladder. Oh. The, the fucking crowd in this match. They were just all sitting on their fucking phones and stuff. Like, how do you expect people watching it to, to have any sort of involvement if the crowd aren't fucking getting into it. Here's in, the thing, well, In their defence, guys, I also sat on my phone for the majority of this match. This yeah, wasn't an yeah. interesting match. Well, yeah, like me, me and Rob were talking all the way through this fucking match, I think. I love this. This um, is one of the few matches where I just sat and watched it. Okay, so here's the thing. They, the, the Cruiserweights have gotten the crowd into it before. They get them into it on the pre-show, which is why they put on the pre-show, and also... They get them in. The one time we were on the main card was Buddy Murphy versus Mustafa Ali, and they got them into it. True. Um, I'd give it a five. Uh, yeah, like there's nothing memorable. It's like it's uh, other than Tony Nisa's signature spots, but like there are signature spots. So uh, I'll give it a seven. I think the, the, the I think the reason why I like it so much is because it's totally different to all the other matches, and all the uh, other matches uh, were just dull to me, like really dull. Do we really have to compromise on this? No. It was what it was. It was wrestling one hundred and one. It was WWE one hundred and one for most of this card. Uh, for the majority, yeah, I've got to agree with you, Garth. It was it was WWE matches one hundred and one, um, which is obviously it's WWE, so we shouldn't really, we can't really complain. I suppose. No, that's true. I mean, I'm gonna give it five. Well, no, let's give it six. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. But it's fine. Name one spot you can remember. The running knees. Yeah, but like that's the fucking thing. You remember that in that you'd remember that in any match. You, the top rope Hurricane Rani. That happens in every cruiserweight match. The Aria Davari clothesline. That Poundland Rainmaker. Aria Davari's entrance. Aria Davari's gold it's, chain. It's it's not as good as um his cousins. To entrance. be fair, can we just can we just take a moment to appreciate the fact that Aria Davari wrestled this match in white jeans? <laughs> That that deserves six in its in itself. I know. I'm sure I can do that in leather pants and heels. So I don't know how to react to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Okay. Rob Rand. Moving on. Uh, right. So this <laughs> was um, 
the first of Becky Two Belts' matches uh, for the Raw Women's Championship against Lacey Evans. Now, I know that I am on my own with this because I know both Chris and Garth both You don't like... know my... I have not stated my opinions. Oh, is it Garth that likes Lacey Evans? Yeah, Garth likes her. I have feelings on Lacey Evans. All right. Um, <laughs> All right, Jesus. God almighty, you made it weird. Um, How is that made it weird? I just have feelings on Lacey Evans. Not feelings in that way. Four. Oh, I said feelings four for Lacey no, Evans. Feel- oh, that makes it different. Right, okay, just let me rant because I need to rant about this. Lacey Evans is not a good wrestler. I'm sorry, she's not. She came up from NXT too early. She's green as fuck. She has an all right moonsault. You cannot be in a feud with the top talent on that roster with Becky Lynch, with Charlotte, and with Bailey. That is who Lacey Evans is in a storyline with. Okay? And you have got, if you look at that Money in the Bank ladder match, you've got Ember Moon wasting away. You have got Natalia, Asuka. who's a better wrestler. You've got Asuka and Kairi Sane, who are in the fucking Kabuki Warriors. You've got Nikki Cross. I agree, Nikki Cross is a better wrestler. Yet, she throws a right hand, throws tissues people, and calls them nasties. And suddenly, she's the best thing ever. She's dog shit. This match, and I'm sorry, Becky Lynch was just as bad as um, Lacey Evans in this match. This match was slow. It was botchy. It was uncoordinated. It was like everything. Every spot, one of them seemed to whiff. Every spot, one of them sold incorrectly. The best thing about this match was Lacey Evans' fucking flying saucer hat. Okay, so... No, no, Chris, I'm not done. I'm not done. Her finisher is a right hand. Her finisher is a punch. Don't take away the wounds, right, man. And I'm sorry, it's... I'll give you, it's a a very good pun. Well done. But I'm sorry, she can't even cut a decent promo. Her backstage promo on the pre-show was so wooden, it hurt. They're going to give me... They're not going to call you Becky Two Belts. They're going to call you Becky Becky Black Eye. And it's like, have you really just... Then she followed it up with, and I'm going to get a new nickname as well. They're going to call... They're going to... I'm gonna get a new nickname. They're they're gonna call me Lacey Evans, Raw Women's Champion. Now she you know, has that, not understood how a nickname like. works. A nickname like, is have, supposed have to be watched, shorter. Have you watched been, um have you watched the episodes of Rick and Morty um with the trans dimensional TV and the, where the guy who plays Rick and Morty is just ad libbing the whole thing. That's what that sounded like. Honestly, it was the worst promo I've ever seen. And then they incorporated it into the fucking promo package okay so i i, I yeah, take a break Calm no down. i'm not done right <laughs> and then <laughs> the transition into the finish which was a chop block to the knee of becky becky goes down and lacey evans then attempts to roll her up the ref despite becky's shoulders quite clearly being down does not count. No. Just stands there. To the fact where Corey Graves counts to four. That is how embarrassing it got. And then we had this weird transition from the roll-up into a uh, disarmor. Lacey Evans taps instantly. Bringing just to, out of nowhere. Uh. Just bringing to an end the worst match. 
for me, this was worse than the cage match. I'd love to blame it solely on Lacey Evans. I don't know whether Becky Lynch was holding something back because her match with Charlotte was a damn sight better. But this was absolute horseshit. Lacey okay. Evans is horseshit. Her gimmick uh. is horseshit. She okay. is horseshit. <laughs> All right. Wow. Jeez. Okay. So my opinions on Lacey Evans. Oh, that I she's she... horseshit. Right. Okay. She plays her. She plays her gimmick reasonably well. She is pretty good at playing her gimmick. She's a bad wrestler. She needs more time in developmental. She needs more time down in performance center. She should they not be in a title match. It's she should first not. Pay-per-view I, match. I, I agree with you. She should not like, be in a title match. And this isn't a first pay per view Royal Rumble. Boom. But. It does not fucking count. She was in the Royal Rumble. She's been on a few other shows where she just like comes to the Ram. Her, her if you don't mean dare her, throw those walk downs <laughs> in my face, Goth Jackson. <laughs> Her theme song is a bop. I enjoy her theme song. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard better. I, I have heard better. <laughs> CFOs have done better. Ari Davari's, for example. Ari Davari's is fucking shit. But <laughs> Ari Davari is that one song I keep hearing in 2K19, and it's like, oh, that's shit. Why does that keep getting played? Oh, it's Ari Davari's. I need to turn it off when I go and go into the jukebox menu. But it's like anyway. Smackdown 2000, it's like SmackDown vs. Raw of 2006, where it was always Trevor Murdoch. Always. He was the one singles man I ever wrestled. <laughs> fucking Trevor wow, Murdoch. Wow, wow. <laughs> Great fucking tag team. Anyway, um, so and she she's not good. This was a really this is a really below average match. I don't think you can blame Becky. She's not known for her carrying ability. I think <sighs> the champion should be up here though. Yeah, I agree. You'd you'd think, but also have you seen what what Lacey Evans can do? <laughs> like Lacey okay, Evans nothing. is from- like Lacey Evans is the worst women's wrestler that WWE have on contract. Wow. We have just completely slagged off Mandy Rose. Okay, and Mandy Dana Brooke. And my, Mandy Rose has and Dana Brooke have been in better matches than Lacey Evans ever has been. They've still got Lana on the books as well, remember? Yeah, but Lana isn't a wrestler anymore. Dreadful, Don't so. forget Lana is in charge of all creative. Did you see that tweet where she said, Oh look, WWE stealing all my creative decisions? <laughs> It's like, no, you didn't. You just want to be relevant that's why to get you, fuck off, That's Lana. why you're in a fucking advert for Pound play, I, I'm more of a promoter than Lana, and, and I play because I play Fire Pro Promoter Mode. And I do really... Actually, that's a lie. My company lost 50 grand in the last year. But... <laughs> uh, the thing I like about Lacey Evans... Lacey Evans, if I can get my words out. Um, she's she's more of like a brawler style. Maybe that's because she doesn't have Because she moves. can't do anything but punch but and kick. It's it's totally at odds with her character, which is what I like. Because <laughs> she's like, she's this sort of prim, proper lady sort of thing. But then when she gets in the ring, she's like a bru- bit of a bruiser. I mean, she's quite sort of stocky build. Um, I thought this match was fine. No. You're she wrong. looks like she makes a really she nice broth. She did... A good, uh, like a like a spring cutter, like a, off the corner. Yeah, but even that, that she lost a footing. <laughs> she ran out the ropes on it. It was fine. No, you're wrong, Garth. I will disagree um, with you on few things. And I love, my I love the gimmick where she came out with her um, with her money guns. I like that. That will grant you. That was cool. That was cool. I'll grant um, you that. I just it was it was just fine. It was average. I give it five out of ten. I'm giving it a four. Archie for a five. I'd yeah. go three. Uh, yeah, it was. 
It was even, there was one moment, and it's this moment that I'm giving it 3-4. There was a moment where it was a simple move. I think Lacey Evans reversed an Irish whip, and you could hear Becky tell her what to do. And she threw her at the ropes, and Becky might as well have stopped and climbed through the ropes. <laughs> it was it was the most laborious slow spot. And for me, that epitomised the match. It was just so, so botchy. It was untrue. I, I'm gr- agreeing with you, Chris. Three stars. Um, it's the worst Becky Lynch match I've ever seen. And I can't... I, I'd love to, because she's dog shit. But um, I can't blame all that on Lacey Evans. I think Becky was definitely holding something back, having two matches... Um. Yeah. Crap. You can't to be that. fair, I, I thought, I think, having the match straight after was excellent. Exactly. I agree. I think Charlotte played this so well. Becky staggers out of the ring with two belts. She's still Becky two belts, and Charlotte's music hits. And I, I, the, I said out loud, I was like, yes. Well, the match, the commentary team did a really <laughs> that, good that job was a, here. That was a very weird yes there. Just, yes. Just, yes. Like the, the image of you just sitting there alone, possibly in your pants, just going, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Charlotte. How would you know I was wearing pants? <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head. And I don't want to. Um, <laughs> so Charlotte comes down, says, you know, I want the match now. It's not scheduled to be next. The commentary team hastened to add. And basically Charlotte plays on the fact that Becky can't turn down a fight. They start, and instantly, this is another reason I think I hated on the Lacey Evans match so much. Instantly, this match was quicker, it was sharper, the transitions were better, everything. It These did two, it with more flair. It's chemistry. Ba-dum-tsh. It is. They have so much, so much better chemistry. It does help that Charlotte Flair, like her or hate her, she is one of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Yeah. Without a shadow second, of a doubt. Probably the second best. Behind... Tessa. Okay. I knew you were going to say Tessa. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say she's the best on the main roster, but she's not, like, amazing. She, I I think she is I think she good. could be, but she's she does... She's amazing by WWE standards. She has to do the WWE thing, yeah. That probably doesn't like, help. I, I, I can probably name ten people I think can work better than her. In what, in New Japan? No, there's no women in New Japan. I know. <laughs> Um, do we agree that Charlotte taking the belt off Becky was the right thing? Yeah, yeah, you can't because Becky's starting to get really overexposed. Yeah, and I think the fact that it was because Lacey Evans came back through a right hand that she botched. Um, <laughs> it, she did. She didn't botch it. It just it didn't look quite right. I don't think Becky sold it right. Um, I think I think it was like sort of she was too close to her. She couldn't get the proper swing. There was a botch in this match, which actually led to um, the count-out, or the start of the count-out, which led to the Lacey Evans running, um, where there was a move on the apron that it wasn't until the commentary team said, oh, Becky reversed it, it just like Charlotte fell off. Oh, yeah. Which went for the... um, She go for the... Natural selection. Natural selection on the apron. On the apron, yeah. which would have been really cool, but then sort of just <laughs> missed it. She's never so. She's only done that right like once. Like she should stop trying to do it because it's clear she doesn't want to take the bump on the apron. Yeah. Um. Lacey Evans comes down, hits um, Becky with the women's right. Um. Massively whiffed big boot. Don't know if you saw it. 
absolutely oh, nowhere so near. Nowhere I, near. I don't know what's bigger, the space between me and my family. Of the <laughs> the thing, <laughs> Jesus. The thing is, they were, they were hitting each other with some stiff-ass elbows during this match. Like forearms and elbows and slaps. They really were leathering into each other. And then that. Yeah, it was a shame. Um, Anyway, Lacey Evans and uh, Charlotte then beat down Becky after Becky goes straight after Lacey Evans. Uh, The crowd at this point, absolutely, like, volcanic for Bailey, Chanting Bailey. It's it's the most hot I've ever seen a crowd on the main roster for Bailey. Uh, Eventually, Bailey's music hits. The crowd, absolutely apoplectic. Um, Bailey... Garth says no. Garth says no, apparently. Um, Bailey takes out Lacey Evans and takes out Charlotte by ramming her into the post with a fucking turnbuckle. With a turnbuckle, um, <sighs> and I will. The crowd desperate for her to cash in. She cashes in. She doesn't end it with the Bailey to belly. Thank Christ, because that that move is shit. Um, she finishes it with the Macho Man elbow. Wins the crowd ballistic. You can't deny the crowd reaction, Garth. That was. Brilliant. I, I didn't see it because I was rolling my eyes so hard. I was looking at the back of my head. <laughs> wow. You were that you were you were against it that much. Honestly, I just can't stand the Bailey character or anything about it. I think I haven't seen I do I I've never seen I have a great match. No no, I've seen a lot of her matches. The Sasha series, the ones with Becky shot I don't think she's if she is, she's been carried in it. You you can you can watch Sasha versus Bailey and not think that's a great match, right? Yep. Okay. NXT take over Brooklyn two or take no one. take over Brooklyn one. Becky versus Sasha. One I of the want, best stories in NXT history. I would like you, Garth. Once this podcast is finished, because this will be a three-hour podcast, I would like <laughs> you to finish. Oh my lord! Go and watch that. Apologize, okay, and then come right. back. Hang on. So that was what five years ago. Your your statement was I've never seen a decent Bailey match. Right. Okay, fair enough, but it doesn't mean that she's doing it now. She's not really had the chance. I was just going to say she's had loads the... of matches. She has. She's had loads of chances. Okay. She had a really good match with Charlotte Garth, at the Rumble. Garth, you look at half the NXT call-ups. One of your favorites oh, no. in EC3. Oh. oh, Bobby right. Roode. I would he he had a single Rude. good match on the main roster. Fuck him. He hasn't. Shinsuke Nakamura, like you can't, you can't deny how good someone is based on the main roster. Really, guys, if we're honest but, with ourselves, has Finn Balor had that blowaway match on the main roster? Um, the match with one, the match with Seth at SummerSlam was really good. His Maybe, match with Brock was really good. His the, match with match AJ. With yeah, are these? I'd say of those three, I'd say two are absolute, you know, standout classics. The rest have been by the numbers. It's not that they can't do it. It's the fact that they're hamstrung by the way WWE works. I just don't, I've just never got the Bailey thing. Like, her character is very, a character is very NXT. I love the not, character. The problem with the character is, and this this actually came out on a podcast I listened to yesterday, it's, her character is very, very specific for 16 to 20 year olds. It is aimed at those people, that group of people, so they're the ones who really love it, and the kids and I just don't, I just fucking, it just, honestly, I just bounce off it so hard. We should like, probably move on because otherwise, Garth is just going to be complaining. Like, every, even all those matches she had with Sasha, where I was thinking, one of these has got to be great. 
Like, no, they weren't. And it was on both of their parts. Sasha's the same. Sasha's like, she's probably had more good matches, but she's another one that has been promised that she's this great thing and it hardly ever comes off. You know what, Gaff? You know what, Gaff? You're sad that's so on this podcast, not shitting on it, I think. <laughs> you know. I kept it for this show. I keep it for the live audience. For but, more of no, Garth's musings, follow it at Garthamania. Um, yeah, the Billy thing just didn't. It just, yeah. Yeah. Keep it on Charlotte. She's better. For the ninth time. Um, we move on, and we see Roman Reigns walking towards the, the arena, and the Eli- Elias sneaks up on him and absolutely... <laughs> smashes the shit out of Roman's back with that guitar. See, now this is entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. He held <laughs> nothing back from that. He then, in his weird Ric Flair robe, walks Love down it. walks down to the ring, plays a lovely electric guitar, really nice guitar, really oh, nice oh, sound. Um, Fender Stratocaster in Arctic White. Did you see how, how we said, uh, I had to play this because my other one broke? Yeah. <laughs> um, like, I, like, I love the Bob Dylan references. You know what I thought, though? When Roman finally came out to attack him, hit him with the electric because it's a bolt yeah. on neck, so it won't break, and it's really heavy. It, I love it when he finished <clears throat> and he says, thank you, good night, I love none of you. <laughs> the man is such a bona fide legend. It's such cheap heat, but he's so good at it. Did you see him when he was basking, basking during WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans? Yeah. And he went up to people going, do you want me to play you a song? He was, they were like, yeah, yeah, sure. And they were like, okay, buy a ticket and I'll play a song tonight. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's incredible. Uh, Roman does come out, of course, and beats him with one spear. Dude, we, we, we can't rate that. Yeah, this yeah, is, this isn't a match. The thing, is, rate... the thing is, it doesn't hurt Elias in any way, which is good. Yeah. Because... I don't think anyone even cares about him wrestling. No, I don't. He's, care. he's in that. He's in like the unique he's position Heath, where he, he's Heath Slater. If Heath Slater actually was the band, yeah, it's it's like that unique position, like Santino Morella position, where people just want to see him. Yeah, I agree. I agree. We move on to the Universal Championship match then between Seth Rollins, the champion, and AJ Styles. This was tasty. I thought this was a really, really, really good match. I thought the curb stomp into the Styles Clash was brilliant. Not quite as smooth as the curb stomp into the RKO, but still it's, a really, it, it really could good never transition. Be that smooth. No, but even so, they still made it look. Mm-hmm. Ri- well, Chris, remember yes. the New Japan uh, New Beginning show where Jay White beat Tanahashi. Tanahashi yeah. came off the top rope to hit the high fly flow, and. Jay caught him in a blade runner and won. But it, we yeah. we did talk in the review about how choppy it was and how it was seen very jarring. This didn't. No. They caught it so well. They did it really, really well. looked amazing. And you could tell these were two top class athletes. No, these were two top class athletes trying but also under restrictions. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, like, absolutely. It's, not, it's not like when you... I get, I'm sorry to... I bring up at least fucking once a podcast. It's not like when AJ's facing Nakamura and you can tell Nakamura's not trying. Yeah. Here you can tell both men are trying to do the best they can under the restrictions it's, given. It's funny because like, I was watching it and halfway into the match I was thinking, this is just standard WWE match. Oh no, you said it in the group you chat. You did say it in the group chat. But then it just 
flipped all of a sudden. It needs like to build a high gear, yeah. I, I, yeah. I understand. It's a very old school mentality, Gas, and surprised you don't, you never seem to get it. You do need to build. To I know that, up. but that, I'm so not used to seeing that in the WWE world that I was literally expecting a finishing move to come from nowhere, and that was it. I was waiting for it because that's how it works. It's not like when you watch like wrestlers who are just allowed to have a match. There's always some sort of contingent, and this seemed to have been like the leash. Leash was let like lengthened at least. So we're allowed <laughs> to get, yeah, not we're let allowed go. Allowed to obviously. go seven meters in front of Vince. Yeah, um, like you see that. I love that. Like sort of um, the corner flip reverse DDT that AJ does. He doesn't often do it now. No, he doesn't. Um, to be fair, the day he brings back the spiral tap is the day people lose their shit. Um, but also, um, Seth reverse Falcon Arrow into a bloody Sunday. That's really yeah. good. Yeah, the inverted the inverted suplex off the top that mm-hmm. looks incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, these two men they are without doubt the most consistent workers in the company. Um, they put on absolutely fantastic match. Styles has unfortunately been sort of he's had to carry a lot of his matches recently. You know, again Nakamura, for example. And, Randy. Well, yeah. This Rude has been Sam. his best match in ages. Absolutely um, ages. Probably. Since Lesnar. Since Lesnar, yeah, exactly. So yeah, his matches with Joe were pretty good. His matches his match with Cena was really good. I miss his Cena feud. That's, I miss Cena just because Cena's allowed to do what the fuck he wants. Yeah. Well that's the thing. He was pulling stuff out that he would never normally do. Mm-hmm. But like, the, thing, the, 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 the one thing that the one thing that did irk us a bit, and I knew obviously it it was never gonna happen because the Seth was the finish but the fact that AJ Cortman did the Styles Clash which he rarely does didn't end the match it's another case of them not protecting a finish the Styles Clash isn't his finish anymore so I don't I don't have a massive issue with that like if it was a thumb and a forearm maybe that's, that's the thing like because he doesn't bust out that much though it should be it should mean more this is why you'd like 90s old Japan Gaff <laughs> Well, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, again, well, it's like you say, it's the old school mentality of protect your finish, mm-hmm. always, so protect the moves that you don't bust out normally. I it's get weird. why they did it, yeah. it's obviously why they did it, like, like Seth had to win it, and I'm glad he did, because the fucking nuclear pop that he gets when his music hits, the biggest pop oh, in the, no, in the no. right? it's the biggest pop in the whole company, it's crazy. I think the Ryman won as well. Yeah, I think with Feud should have been SummerSlam instead of Money in the Bank. I do agree, and I've said this before, that I don't think they should have spaffed Seth versus AJ up the wall already. Oh, um, Seth versus Carbon for this pay-per-view, why not? I thought that I thought the, the end of it was a bit weird and a bit like forced. I had the bit of the fake stare down and the handshake. Nah. Uh, it didn't bother me as much as I know it bothered you. Um, I was, I was, I was more invested in the match. It did start off a bit slowly, but it it got going. There was, yes. and again, it was just the crispness of it, and it really brought into sharp relief how green some of the other wrestlers are that are on the main roster. Yeah, um, even punches, even simple punches, looked crisp and clean, and yeah, yeah, it was a good match, a very very good one, match. Mate. Yeah, I'd go with that eight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the first one we've all agreed on. Well, hang on, because we've got the Lucha House Party match next. So, 
that, that doesn't count. How, how does that? In a, that wasn't a match. <laughs> the what? Lucha House Party came out. When? So after this match. <laughs> and did you skip it? <laughs> Fuck off! No, he didn't. He did. He did. He did. Lucha House Party came out. And then Lance Sullivan of... came out and destroyed them all. They had a bit of a party with the crowd, hoping pinatas in the crowd. You know, like, you know, because everyone from Mexico has that. I must have, I must have skipped it. Fucking Lindsay Dorado's not even Mexican. He's from Puerto Rico. Well, that's the thing. But obviously, Vince says, no, you're not. <laughs> you take that fucking pinata out now. Um, and like, well, they come out. Um, for some some reason, um, Callisto's allowed a mic. Oh, Killer should never Christ. be allowed him. And he says something he would, about, let's he, have a he, party! And the crowd is just fucking dead. Yeah. <laughs> and then Lars Sullivan came out, destroyed them. Metal League took a nasty fucking dump bump well, of Sullivan, actually. Th- there's a, a nasty there's a part... dump. <laughs> oh, yeah, like he just drops him off the fucking side. Oh, yeah. But then there's a part where um, he's getting, uh, Lars Sullivan's getting in the ring and he headbutts Callisto, I think. And his head is just absolutely fucking split open. Yeah, it's such a shame. Like it's I wish. Blood. I, was, I wish. I do wish oh, these guys were still on two or five. I was watching that and I was thinking, he's going to get into massive trouble for that. Yeah. Because there's blood, and it was a lot of blood. He's a naughty and, um, boy, isn't he? Well, on on Raw, he he came out to them again. He sort of got half jobbed out of them. <laughs> uh, oh well. Mo- Moving on, because we've put yeah. way too much time into this segment. Basically, Lars Sullivan destroyed the Lucha House Party. Nothing is, of note happened. There is, there is a point to make, though. This was supposed to be a match, because Corey Gear says, oh, we've got like a, um, a six-way tag match. Who, yeah. Where's the fucking opponent? It was supposed to be on the match with. Just Titus, o- just Titus O'Neil, Rhino, and Kane are backstage being that really disappointed. Yeah. But I, whatever. Next Moving match. on. Moving the fuck on. I can't believe I missed it. Um, anyway. Go back um, and watch it. Don't go back and watch it. <laughs> I mean, I'm probably not going to do that, Garth. Um, I wouldn't. What we move on then to the semi-main event for the WWE Championship. Kofi Kingston taking on Kevin Owens. Guys, I think I enjoyed this match more than you did. I was, I'm not going to lie. I was fucking bored by this point. Like, I was, I was checking quite, out. I was, I I was quite bored. drunk at this stage. I wasn't bored. It was a technically sound match. Yeah. It's just too fucking many matches. It's just too long. We shouldn't have this many matches in Money in the Bank. They didn't do anything, though, for this match. No. There, there wasn't anything exciting. There wasn't, it you know, was, Seth and AJ did right, so much more. There's nothing to care about. Honestly, I think you might see this match nicer if it wasn't right before Seth and AJ. And right after, rather. <sighs> I mean, there was some good spots like the Boston Crab and stuff where he was reversing them, and but that move's pointless now anyway. It doesn't mean anything. Nobody ever will ever tap on that move ever. They always get to the rope, even always. with Kevin Owens, even with Kevin Owens sitting on top of you. Harsh. Um, I know, but it's cool. Lost a lot of weight. There was there was one moment in this match that I enjoyed, and it was all the reversals uh, coming out of the SOS. Yeah. Um, and that is the cleanest I've ever seen. Kofi actually hit the SOS. Well, I think Kofi, while he's fun to watch, he is quite. How do I put this? Sloppy. I wouldn't. No, I, no one is. I don't think it's sloppy. I think it's. Um, he's light. He if, works really light. If 
AJ Styles is a is a really nice Gordon Ramsay prepared meal. <laughs> Kofi Kingston is a Big Mac. <laughs> Sometimes all you want that Big Mac. Yeah, when you're really hungover. <laughs> um, plus Gordon Ramsay's a bit of a twat. So. Right, okay, Gar. <laughs> The right, guys are okay. wrong. Right, and hang on. And to be fair, Kofi Kingston does the troll in paradise, which is light. There's not very many times that AJ hits that fucking Pele kick properly. <laughs> to be fair, though, Kofi Kingston has a lot better view of where his opponent is than AJ does because AJ has to do it basically blind. Oh, it's as much AJ's fault than it is AJ's fault. But anyway, oh, no. I, I thought this match was fun. <laughs> I would honestly give it a seven just for the reversal stuff. I give it a six. It was fine. It was all right, but pretty pointless. I'm giving it six. Um, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted Owens to stay in the new day. That was fun. I, I was wasn't enjoying better. that. Yeah, they didn't, yeah. they didn't capitalize on that anyway near they, much. They, they really could have ridden that out. Could have a merch opportunity as well. What's what's why is Biggie not around? Oh, he's, he's injured. injured. Yeah, he injured so himself. Should, in they should have kept that going until he's ready to come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because uh, uh, Xavier is not a good manager. No. He oh. seems just happy, happy with the lot, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so moving on. The main event. The main event. <sighs> it, it's, this this match was posted to Pornhub under the thing of um, be savagely fuck seven men without them knowing. So, as we <laughs> mentioned earlier, Sami Zayn was found hanging upside down, uh, meaning his place in the Money in the Battle ladder match was, was taken was, away I from was just, him. I was just worried that the Saudi Arabian government had got to him since he's from Syria. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this obviously was taking place between the seven men and up until the finishing stretch, this was an outstanding ladder match. This was so... Right, the bump Balladuck? <laughs> oh my Fucking god. Hell. The bumps he took and the bump um, Ricochet took. There was... Like bye-bye spine. Yeah, there was one where Finn Balor takes a sunset flip powerbomb from the top of a ladder onto another ladder from Andrade. He then takes... Um, does he take a suplex onto one of the ladders? or yeah, And then uh, has yeah. Andrade thrown onto him as well by Drew McIntyre. Um, Ricochet is put through the announcer without having it cleared off with a booming cool. choke slam from Baron you know Corbin. What? I thought Baron Corbin was good in this match. He was. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I was going to bring that up. I thought Corbin he... played his role beautifully. He did. Yeah. It's because he wasn't in the match for long. <laughs> it's because all he did is he came in and just beat up some smaller yeah. wrestlers. Absolutely. And then Ricochet took that horrendous bump um, out Fucking of the hell, ring onto bomb. the ladder. Oh, my God, that was awful. So... Randy Orton, I thought even Randy Orton was brilliant in this match. He took Drew McIntyre off the ladder with an RKO. Always a fun spot to have. Uh, Mustafa Ali looked really good in this match. The Spanish fly off of the that ladder. Spanish fly, fucking hell. I know. There was one moment, though. I don't know if anyone noticed it. He did a Tornado DDT. Uh, I don't know who he did it to. I think it might have been Orton. And he was so close to smashing his head on the ladder. Yeah. So okay. close. Orton um, was out of this match for most of it. He was, he and was. You, you could see, if you watch the replay as well, where, because um, he, he's on the outside near the steps, and when Ricochet gets thrown out and through the ladder, you can see Orton's face, he's like, holy shit. He crawls <laughs> over to him, he crawls over to him to make sure he's all right. Yeah. 
um i did appreciate the um the opening segment with orton who i did genuinely think would be the weak link in this match because let's face it when randy orton phones it in he phones it in massively but there was a moment the first bit where he just went around the ring picking up smaller wrestlers carrying them to the announce table and just back body dropping them onto the announce table and then just walked off going (laughs) it was brilliant stupid (laughs) um now if you believe what is being posted online, the original winner of this match was supposed to be Mustafa Ali. I think that would have been a mistake anyway, but mm-hmm. we will never find out because apparently you can just make your way to the ring and take the briefcase <laughs> for you, yourself. Would you say no to Brock Lesnar? Well, the cameraman that he pushed over on the way certainly didn't. Um, brought Lesnar's music hit as Ali was about to take the briefcase, which sort of cements Garth's point of just take the fucking briefcase down. Um, <laughs> it's irrelevant if you just grab it, but Brock Lesnar runs. Runs. That's the fastest I've ever seen him move. Ever seen him move. He runs years. out to the ring, pushes a ladder over onto two cameramen, uh, so the camera goes, and Brock Lesnar... Pushes over the ladder with Mustafa Ali on it, picks up another ladder, takes an absolute age doing it, pulls down the yeah, pulls down the money in the back ladder uh, briefcase, and laughs. You know what it is? He's sitting there, and I bet you in his mind he's like, "You fucking marks." <laughs> and you Just know what? His tits off. And you know what? I don't hate it. I do like. I did enjoy this. I don't I, hate the fact that I don't Brock hate, won. I don't hate that, but I hate the actual booking and the the fact that fuck it. Like, I, why why don't other people? Why don't more people do that? Why I don't do. more people just sit on the sidelines and say, "I'm just gonna fucking wait." I don't. You know what? Though I also don't. Uh, what I don't like is that they basically spaffed money in the bank up a while three years running. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. The last one that but, meant anything was uh, Ambrose. Ambrose. But then again, the last time we had someone holding it um, for the best part of the year was Seamus. Like, and to, you, you, and that's one. That's that was such a good part of WWE. The will be, won't be thing. Like Baron Corbin spaffed it up the wall by SummerSlam, and Braun Strowman spaffed it up the wall by also SummerSlam. <laughs> I think I've got a fu- I've got a funny feeling that Brock might cash it in it. Fucking. The Saudi no, show. I think that's I think that's what it is. I think we needed a reason to have him in the title match at the Saudi show. Because normally they would keep that Saudi show quite separate. But I mm. think they're going to go all in on it this time. All in, well, they eh? they kept quoting <laughs> how much it was going to be like, how it was going to be better than <sighs> WrestleMania. It's like fuck you. Yeah, it was. It was like fuck off. Um, Can we agree that we're not reviewing that? Oh, one hundred percent. I'm not watching it. Um. <laughs> I don't know. I, on the one hand, unbelievable heel heat, but on the on, that's a small part of me. That's like thirty five percent of me. The other sixty five percent of me is thinking, why kills, do we need? Why do we need Brock Lesnar again? He's not like a rating grab. Kills four other potential. I mean, Corbin's not going to do it. I, I never believe Ricochet could do it, but Balor could. <laughs> Andrade, Ali, maybe, and Drew. Drew is the one that I thought he could do it. And Drew he's... was booked like a million bucks in this match. Yeah. He's always booked like a million bucks until he's against someone that matters. Someone I just, that Vince. Uh... I don't. I don't understand 
and Chris Jericho summed this up brilliantly in his tweet. I don't know if any of you have seen it. Yeah. Where he's just he's just out and out gone. Why the fuck has Brock Lesnar won this? Um, Ma- way to go. What was it? Way to go. Um, way to bury the really younger good, talent or something. Really good booking of the younger. Um. um just. Oh, Too bad Jericho's wanted to talk on um, putting over younger talent. Um. Even um, Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali said a tweet out basically saying this is bollocks. Oh yeah, um, he did do that. Which Randy Orton then retweeted and going, hashtag I approve. Um, Randy, Orton's, <laughs> twi- Randy Orton's Twitter game is so underrated. I love Randy Orton's Twitter game. It's because you can, you can imagine him. It's because you can imagine him saying it in that like dulcet. Oh, when Luke, when people thought Luke Harper was leaving, he was like, "I love Luke Harper." He introduced me to Kendrick Lamar, to which I thought, <laughs> "Randy, how would you not heard of Kendrick Lamar?" Do you know what though? Randy Orton is is another one in that John Cena mold where he can do what the fuck he wants, and WWE are not firing him. Yeah. It's, 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 it's such a shame that Cena uses that for good promo and good in ring work, and Randy just does it to be a as lord. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this would have been a nine star match. I'm going to it It's fun. I've gone seven. <laughs> I'm getting eight. No, I, like I really enjoyed the match, but. That ended really ruined. Just, it totally did ruin it, yeah. I yeah. think you look now at what Vince has done. Vince has pressed the panic button. Again. Again. <laughs> and we now have Brock Lesnar in the main event again. And can, I mean, in the defence, in, in the defence, though, on, on Raw, Heyman sold it and it was. Because Heyman can sell brilliant. anything. And Brock came down with the briefcase and he was holding it like a ghetto blaster. It was hilarious. That and was. he was laughing. He was absolutely laughing his tits off. Paul It was Paul, just yeah. It was good. Paul Heyman could sell anything. He could sell X-ray glasses to an asexual blind man. Where did you come up with this shit? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, could, uh, yeah. I just, I, it's, the, it's the only other WWE thing worth talking about for 24-7 belt. Well, that's what we're going to get on to now. Oh, um, it's so stupid. Right, so Mick Foley comes out and is like, hey, look, we have a 24-7 belt now. It's about kill. And then the apparently... crowd absolutely fucking, literally, nobody made a noise at we all. We could have designed a better belt than that. We have designed better belts than that. That was, it is the most, it, there's only one word for it, it's fucking gross. <laughs> it is horrific. It looks like the most newbiest of noobs has taken to WWE 2K19, wants to great create this belt, and mum has shouted them down for tea, and they've gone, right, that'll <laughs> do. It looks half finished, It's. it looks like a terrible gimmick coin. It is. It is. Ridiculous. And the thing is, though, like the idea itself isn't awful. Like you oh, said before, it's... with how much WWE social media, this could be potentially quite fun. It's but a bit also... of a clusterfuck. Yeah, but also, they're not going to go like full bollocks of it. They're just going to have like our truth doing something kooky, but they're not going to go like DDT. And they're not going like what... to do what you have to go DDT. They're not going to do what um, even Impact did, where they had, um, was it Johnny Impact and. Um... Austin Aries, like go at it 
at a press conference sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, or like even like ICW had a match between Joe Hendry and Chris Renfrew that went on for about 30 days. Yeah, I mean, they should and have they like... Had, like vlogs going up of um, <laughs> Chris Renfrew looking for Joe Hendry and then like Joe Hendry's butler going around looks up and he's like, oh god, I'm on Renfrew Street and starts running because he's scared Jeez. Chris Renfrew lives in Renfrew Street. The whole thing about it is though, there's got to be a ref there and it's basically a jobber's title so it's all just the, the no, nobodies. But like I'm, I'm fine with the concept of this, but you do need to go complete comedy bollocks. Like yeah. you need to go like the DDT Iron Man I mean, belt, who are held actually, by tables, like, puppies, and the belt itself. It was on, they did it on Raw, and it was fun. I mean, it's gonna get Tyson very quickly. Titus O'Neil won it, and then Bobby Roode literally came down the. Oh, ramp. they're calling him Robert Roode now on the YouTube video. Oh yeah, yeah, he is. I, um, he he comes down and rolls him up for the win. Then the, there's a skit where they're all chasing them. And then it goes to the backstage and R-Truth's like, oh, he went that way. And then he goes to his car and Robert Roode's hiding in his trunk. He lets him out. He says, yeah, you want a lift? <laughs> Robert Roode opens the passenger door and there's a ref sitting in it. <laughs> R-Truth hits him on the car, pins him, gets the thing, jumps on the car and drives away. It was com- genuinely good. It was for fun. a comedy distraction. I think this would be fine for like eight, six months. It's not going to save that third hour, though. No, it's nothing's going to save it's that. Gonna third do. Hour. It's it, it's panic stations. It's really, really, it's it's yeah. The belt looked point, like it was designed in a point, fever dream. At what point is WWE going to be WCW two thousand? About about six months ago. Because it's getting really fucking bad. Can we move on now to something good? <laughs> do you know Impact. what is going to save? WWE in that third hour, making the ring and the graphics slightly darker. Huh? Did anyone notice that? No, I didn't watch it all. <laughs> For the third hour, all the graphics were different, and rather than the white raw, they made it black, and they made the LED screens on the side of the ring black. Interesting. Ooh. Moving on. So Vince's <laughs> big idea for saving ratings... Okay, in three easy steps, put the thing that everyone most looks forward to on the person who never shows up. Yep, tick. (laughs) Create a belt that is simply a comedy belt that's going to be forgotten in six months that looks like it's been designed by an eight-year-old. But it's open to everyone. Did you see who was um, chasing Robbie, uh, Robert Roode for the title, by the way? What, No Way Jose? Well, yeah, exactly. No Way Jose and uh, EC3. Cedric Drake, Alexander. Drake Maverick. Cedric, Cedric Alexander. Alex. I'm so, sorry. He deserves please, more than that. Can we, can we please move on? Because it's making me really sad. Right. Well, I think I think we've done enough WWE. Oh, no. And the third one, of course, the third step in Vince's grand plan. Change the graphics slightly in the third hour. Do you know what I haven't mentioned? Uh, can we please move on? <laughs> Pack and Hangman page. We yes. were going to get to that, weren't we? And to be honest, we're going to have to cut some stuff out and talk about some of this stuff in the next podcast because we're otherwise we're going to we're already going to go massive. Do you want to move the AEW stuff to the next podcast? We'll, then, we'll leave the AEW stuff. Like, we can talk briefly about Pack and Hangman page though. Okay, so basically, Pack and Hangman pa- um, Pack refuses to lose. And allegedly, it's to do with the Dragon Gate belt, which it's is story. fine, but also fucking... It's the Dragon Gate belt, who cares? Yeah. 
Well, I'm not 100% convinced it's story. It's to do with his visa or something like that. We'll see. But again, that's he couldn't a... get into um, New York for many weekend, could he? Exactly. So, that's so, why it's... he's not. So they've done the match at another show. It was in Nottingham or something. Yeah, and it was WrestleGate, bro. Um, I think Ambrose or Moxie's going to turn up and be Hangman Page's opponent. Hasn't that already been ruined, though? Someone ruined it and said John Moxley's going to be debuting. Who was it? What the fuck? It's probably me, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, did, I didn't know about that. There, so you just have ruined that for me. Thanks, Rob. No, I didn't know that. It was someone who they've said to him, um, are you going to be debuting at Double or Nothing? And they've said, oh, no, that's John Moxley's spot. And everyone just sort of went, ha, 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 ha. I have a feel. I have a feeling that's just a joke. I've, anyway, I've got a feeling Moxley will turn up. Anyway, what CM Punk? Because <laughs> we have so, we have so much New Japan to go through, Rob. Well, Chris, we're gonna we're not gonna go through it in masses of no, detail let, because no, let, how how about we go through each um one, like mat, matches on night one and then we'll springboard that into other matches. Well, I'll tell you what, just go with me. All right. Okay. We're going to go. <laughs> we'll go through the current block standings and then we'll go through any matches that stood out to you. Because, guys, if you want to see our full ratings for all the best of Super Junior matches, go to our website, www.popmania.co.uk, and all our ratings are there for the Money in the Bank match, uh, the Money in the Bank pay per view that's just gone, and for all of the best of the Super Junior matches as well. So, what we'll do is we'll go through the current block standings, and then for each block, we'll go off standout matches any standout performers from each block, and then we'll talk briefly about who we think is going to go into the block finals. Because otherwise, you know, the best of Super Juniors could be an entire new podcast. We're in day seven on Wednesday, so we do need to sort of think. So block A, currently, the standings are at the top, tied with six points, are Shingo Takagi and Taiji Ishimori, both unbeaten. Followed then by Dragon Lee and Marty Skirl and Tiger Mask on four points. Gresham... Titan and Sho, all with two points. And then Taka Mishinoku and Yoshinobu Kanemaru at the bottom with zero. So that's Block A and how Block A is currently standing. Now, I think looking at this, for me, the block final is going to be Shingo and Ishimori. No, I think definitely what's going to happen is they go undefeated throughout the whole block and then back build up a lot of suspense for the end thing because like looking at who's left like skill isn't going to be isn't going to beat takagi well no one's going to beat um shingo but when you see ishimori still has gresham's not going to be no gresham went against ishimori didn't he yeah he did um T- who hasn't faced like taka isn't going to beat him and kanamari's not going to beat him so like no one's going to beat anyone here so yeah i think block the block a final is basically set <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you look at this block. We we said at the start when we were previewing the, the Best of Super Juniors, this was the more stacked block. And there has certainly been some outstanding matches. Um, for me, Chris, the standout matches have been that absolute stellar encounter on night one between Shingo and Show. What a match that was. We talked about that in the previous Show's podcast. Been the yeah. Show, his match, with, even his match with Taka was really good. And then his match with Dragon Lee. Yes, both. Amazing. Now, I'm going to say something that you're probably going to disagree with. Well, let me just say Show's match with Kanemaru, the headline from Night 5. Oh, it's Shingo, wasn't it? 
Sorry, I meant Shingo and Kanemaru. I didn't mean show. Uh, Shingo and Kanemaru was absolutely outstanding. I oh, know I really enjoyed that match. It was very, it was very different, but like very enjoyable. And like it's the first time I actually, well, since show, but I thought Shingo was actually in trouble. I thought Kanemaru could have been a spoiler. Well, that to me, if you're gonna have Shingo lose, that's the match you want him to lose, not to someone that he's gonna. You know, not exactly someone who someone who's through sleight of hand beaten him. Exactly, you want someone who has used heel dirty tactics. I mean, the tag match from the night before, um, Kanemaru had just taken a chair to it, had taken a chair to his knee, and then he'd worked the knee all match. And it's matches like that that make you realise just how fucking good Kanemaru is still. And do you know who one of my so underrated? Do you know who one of my other underrated performances of this of this block has been so far? Taka. You say ta- oh, ta- yeah, Taka has not put on a bad match yet. And I know he has wrestled some decent wrestlers with the exception of Tiger Mask, but even his Tiger Mask match it was Tiger excellent. Mask match is the best Tiger Mask match, um, Tiger Mask match in ages. Um, Gresham has again proved that he's an absolutely outstanding wrestler. His match with Dragon Lee was incredible. Um, the most disappointing for me, and I think you might feel the same, Ishimori. I feel like he's put on some very half-hearted matches. His match with Skrull was appalling. It was awful. There were so many botches. And I know that they've got history from back in 2006, but there were so many botches. It went so long. It was like 25 minutes long. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Hello? Hello? I didn't know you'd gone. Sorry, Chris. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that... Thanks. Is that what I mean to you, I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was just talking to myself. Um... <laughs> We were just saying about how the match between Ishimori and Skrull was an absolute fucking dumpster fire. Very botchy. It was very botchy. It went fucking ages. And just, it was so hard to stay focused on because there didn't seem to be a storyline. They weren't focusing on a body part. They were just going through the motions. I don't think Skrull is good enough to carry a match. And Ishimori is nowhere near good enough, apparently, to carry Skrull. So we then ended up with this absolute travesty. Yeah. It's such a shame. Although Titan, I know you don't agree, has been impressing me. No, that's not what I said. I said that his first match with Kanemaru was shit. It wasn't shit. It was passable. Well, it was shit by these standards. So, all in all, most of the matches from this block have been excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, they've set a very, very high standard that will hopefully continue, and I think we both agree that Shingo and Ishimori are going to be in that block final. Yeah, no one sticks out. Uh, nothing sticks out as no one's in the wrong place. Whereas Block B, on the other hand, Jesus Christ, every single night has been headlined by Taguchi. We're gonna get into that in a minute. So at the moment, Block B, we've got three-way tie at the top. With El Fantasmo, Taguchi, and Will Ospreay all with six points, all remaining unbeaten. Robbie Eagles then brings up next at four. Bandido, Doki, Yo, and Rocky Romero all have two points. And Bushi and Ren Narita have zero points. I agree with you that Taguchi, what is with his placement at the moment? There was one match with Doki. Yo, well, Yo, Doki, and. Um... Who was the other one? Yeah. Shit, who was the other one? Bushi. Bushi. These are not main event matches. No. 
the year one you could sort of get away with. Um, it was a Do- good. Do- Doki can't. What was? What is your opinion of Doki? I'm enjoying him. Um, I I think more time in New Japan will help him. He's definitely sort of a car crash style, which um, Taka had, and he had to sort of rein in to fit into psychology. I think we need to give Doki a bit more time. But he, seeing how he hasn't been against the best in the bracket, I think he's been doing well. He made Ren Narita look like the better wrestler. Yeah, but like. Ren Narita is a young lion, Chris. Ren Narita is much more formally trained. Dookie missed out on his own springboard DDT. Uh, yeah, fair enough. It was, it was dogs. His match with Taguchi was only decent when Taguchi was in control because Dookie seemed to fire through all of his offense in the first 10 minutes and then sort of stood and went, right, this, shit. But- this is why I'm saying more time in New Japan might help him. Because, oh. again, I, I think he's more used to, like, an indie, just do everything to get noticed style. I think you can argue that he's passable, and that is it. I think that's as far as you can I, honestly I go. Think, I think he's teachable. He is quite old, though. I mean, he's got a decent finisher. Is he? Yeah, is he? yeah, he's been I going see, for years. Just... I'm looking this up now. I'm sure he's 30-odd. Like, mi- mid to late 30s. He that's is... not old. Sorry, Garth. <laughs> I cannot find anything on his age. Because oh, 27. No... He's only 27. Fuck off. He's 27. I apologise to the wider wrestling community. I thought he was late 30s. In fact, the way that the commentary team was building him as like this veteran of the ring, I genuinely thought he was much older. So in that case, potentially. Fantasma um, um, has been impressing, but there's one thing, and that's his finisher, is bollocks. His finisher is shite. His finisher uh, is so bad. It's... It's like a mix between a neutralizer and a style clash, but making something not quite as good as either. I don't like his walking around the ring. I don't I, I like it. it. I'm sorry. I enjoyed his match with Robbie Eagles. I enjoyed his match with Robbie Eagles. I, I've enjoyed all his matches. His matches have been very good, which sort of brings me to the question before we go into any standout matches. For me, it's going to be Osprey and Phantasma at the top of the group. Well, yeah, because... Phantasma will be Osprey at Dentaku, and I f- think they're sort of building to back because Osprey wants to get his win back. Yeah. Uh, Taguchi will probably f- fall off later on in the match, uh, later on in the running. Robbie yeah. Eagles has been performing very, very well. These are the first real singles match I've seen him have. Really, really impressing. I thought his match with Ren Narita was fantastic. Um, Ren Narita is actually really impressive. Ren Narita's like- been very, very good. Um, you know who's been surprisingly really, really good? Are you going to say Rocky Romero? Yes, I am. How much did I splooge all over that Rocky Romero versus Will Ospreay match? It was quite uncomfortable. It was, it was incredible. It's been my match of the block in that group so far. It was un, it was like I think we forgot because I think because Rocky's such a piss poor commentator, we forget how good a wrestler he is. However, you say he's a piss poor commentator. I would argue that um, Caprice Coleman. Um, who I must admit, in the same way that you hate the fact they keep referencing the LA Dojo, if I hear uh, Caprice Coleman say that he thinks that Red Shoes is a fantastic referee because he just wants to see a result, well, I'm going to fucking slap him. Come on, he, he doesn't add anything, apart from during the Rocky Romero versus Will Ospreay match. Where, where he, he says, screamed, oh my God. where he screamed a pinfall, which was brilliant. 
Um, he, the way he says, oh my God, is amazing. He like sings it. <laughs> yeah, it is incredible. Um, I think Yo has performed Yo's quite been, well. Yo's not been in a bad match yet. Like he did, had a really good match with Taguchi. He had a really good match with Osprey. And who was his other opponent? Hang on, I have other things here. Um, his other opponent was... Bandido. Bandido. He beat Bandido. Um, yeah. So but yeah. I so... don't think it's the right result. No, I I don't either. But uh, they're definitely booking Bandido like someone we're not planning on using in the future, which I think is sad. I think they're booking him as more of a spoiler. Yeah, um, I really want Bandido to be used more in New Japan. Though. He's been he's been so good in the limited time we've had him. Like he's not had the best competition. Although no. his match with Dookie, I thought was really good. Yeah, it was. Uh, I just, I can't get behind the Dookie character. And I know we're pronouncing that wrong, by the way. I know it's Dowki, Dookie, Dowki, It's Dookie. It's, it's... I, I like I, I like Dookie just because it reminds me of Green Day. Yeah, it just reminds me of Pooh, um, which <laughs> he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been overall a very very enjoyable tournament so far, hasn't it, Chris? I think so. Os- yeah, Osprey's been stellar. He's not had a less than stellar match yet. Yeah. The only problem is he has not been in the main event for some fucking reason. Because they've all been to Gucci. Why has Taguchi just been in the main event? There must be some reason behind it. Because like, then he can is... have dirty innuendos when he has the house mark at the end of the match. <laughs> but here's the thing. Even if he's not the... Um, even if he's this is his last super genius or juniors which we haven't announced it as being Liger didn't get this treatment in his last super juniors and that's Liger sorry ladies and gentlemen I don't know if Carl's back I've just read his text message <laughs> um, which whilst we were talking about the best of the super juniors this is what Garth Jackson has sent I've muted my mic because I'm off to drain the lizard <laughs> Right, I was trying to keep you know <laughs> under the radar. You are a fucking disgrace, an absolute disgrace. What does? Oh, I just got what that meant. There you go, Chris. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So before Garth gets, I really understand weird. your bladder isn't great and great at your. Well, age. you know, I'm gonna have to start buying tenor for men soon. <laughs> um. Ab block B then, Chris, and this will be the last thing before we move on to Impact. Matches to recommend to anyone who hasn't already seen them. Obviously, all of Will Ospreay's matches, especially that one against Rocky Romero, which for me is probably the second best match of the best of the Super Juniors so far. um, When he eventually goes against Mandido, that's going to be amazing. That's going to be very, very flippy indeed. I think that Robbie Eagles' matches against Ren Narita and against Al Fantasmo. And do you know what? All three of Rocky's matches um, have been excellent, as have all three as, of Robbie Eagles. As as has actually all about everyone's matches. There's not been a bad match in Block B, to be fair. Uh, I don't know. The Doki matches are fairly shit. I, fucking, I think you just hate him. <laughs> he just looks like a Poundland ninja. He looks like a Poundland Hayabusa. He does. He does. He looks actually, like a you know terrible Hayabusa. You know in the original Power Rangers movie where they go to get um like ninja powers and then it's not new suits, it's just sort of a cloth. Oh yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, that's like that's that. literally what it is. Um, ladies and gentlemen, obviously we don't want Garth to feel left out because then he goes to the toilet, apparently. Mm. <laughs> so Garth, 
What's been yeah. ha- what's been happening in Impact this week? Uh, quite a bit. It was a good, pretty good show. It's not um, like show. I mean, <laughs> there was an absolute clusterfuck of an opening match with um, a load of um, knockouts. I don't. I think it's a stretch to call half these women wrestlers. Yeah, I mean, some of them don't even have proper names. You know, the biggest problem solo with, darling. This battle royal is that so many of them were not tall enough to get over the top rope, but also <laughs> not skilled enough to jump over the top rope. Yeah, it was just. It was basically Jordan Grace, Madison Rain, Tessa, and Scarlett against a bunch of. I don't know. Jobbers, yeah, jobbers. And then Disco Inferno. And Disco Inferno came out and he's just, this whole shtick is, this should be a brown panties match. The women shouldn't be wrestling. They beat the shit out of him. Uh, Basically, Rob, Disco Inferno is that one dude in every Facebook wrestling group who hates the fact that women can now wrestle. Yeah. But, I mean, he joins the commentary team for the match. Then it gets down to the last two. Um... Tessa's on the apron. She's the last one in the ring, and then Glenn Gilberti runs in Disco Inferno and eliminates her, and he wins the women's. Yeah, because apparently power. he's in there. So like Brock, like, he did he did sake. a Brock Lesnar about three days before Brock Lesnar did a Brock yeah. Lesnar. So why? Because they want this. They want they're wanting to test the waters of intergender matches, and Disco Inferno can take a pin. <sighs> anyway, let's set about that. Um. Then there was, there was sort of they were really really been pushing the whole Michael Elgin sending people to the hospital thing. Um, yes. The past couple of weeks, so they had a bit where they showed last week's where he took out Willie Max, smashed him into a truck. Um, and he says, "I like hurting people." So then, Rich Swan says, "Right, let's... victims of sexual abuse." Sorry, go on. Right. <laughs> Every time. Uh, <laughs> and then Swan interrupts him and says, "Right, let's you and me have a match tonight." So they set that match up. Um, which spoiler it was amazing. Uh, so Sue, Sue Young and Ro- Rosemary match was this was, was odd. A, this was a, a, d- a demon collar match. Yeah, it was like a dog collar match, but like they're both demons. And um, it was very hard to enjoy this, but knowing somewhere someone's getting off on it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, especially the bit where she, um, Rosemary had Sue over the corner; she was literally hanging her. Yeah, like, it's such a shame because I love Rosemary; she's great. It She's was probably just, my favourite knockout. It was just an awkward match because I couldn't really do much. Um, no, and like that's the problem. The chain match, you either go really brutal or it's shit, and they yeah. weren't going to go really brutal because it's a TV taping. Rosemary gets a win in here. She hits it with a green mist and then a spear. Um, it was all right for what it was. It, it, was um, fi- it was fine enough. Madman Fulton gets a squash match against some guy called Randy Shaw. Yeah, that was. Certainly, a thing that happened. Sammy Callahan looked like more of a star than Madman Fulton, but okay. He was doing some pretty good uh, def- deadlift choke slams from the mat. Yeah, that's because um, the dude he was wrestling wasn't all that big. Oh, yeah, he was 100 pounds or something, but uh, he still made him like a bit of a badass. Uh, and at least this week, when RVD did an interview, they made him wear sunglasses. They made him wear sunglasses, but also Melissa Santos was clearly not ha- just not happy about doing oh, this. Oh, no, it's just fucking. Poor girl. And he's he's selling he's trying to sell RVD versus Tommy Dreamer next week. Here's the thing: it's very hard. It's for me to 
rag too much in RVD because he's meant to be in a very heavily edited environment and been not editing his promos. He's fucking heavily sedated. So I've got that to look forward to next week. Uh, and fair, then... That's going to be shite and we're going to love it. Oh, yeah. uh, and then there was an interview with the Doctor, apparently. Um, <laughs> not the Doctor, the TNA's Doctor. Um, I, I, I was very, very spaced <laughs> But I I forgot about the segment and you were like, and, like, and I got very like, excited. It's my opinion, up. blah, 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 that ha- having not seen him in the hospital or anything, he's got significant spinal trauma. You know, you know <laughs> I loved, no, he'd said all these medical terms and then the um, investigative reporter guy was just like, well, of course I understood that, but for people at home. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, they're obviously keeping Cage off TV for a while. Yeah, um, that's pure, that's probably for the best. And we had a, a decent match with Killer Cross versus Eddie Edwards. Yeah, it was um, it was fine enough. Like I sort of feel like if they have, at least you need a hardcore stipulation to have a good match. Yeah, Eddie Edwards isn't the technical master he once was. No, he's not. And um, well, Killer Cross is just looking even more jacked all the time and crazy, and I love him. Uh, it's like sight or suplexes that he does are fucking beautiful. Um, and then he cable ties Eddie Edwards to the rope, puts on some sort of weird ass black gloves. I uh, have home. I have homework for you next for next week, Gaff. What's that? Watch his match. It's only like five minutes long. Watch his match against D. H. Smith at Bloodsport. Was that from this year? Yeah, that was from um like the Mini MMA weekend. Yeah, I, I will. I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> um, he cable ties Eddie to the rope. Gets uh the kendo stick threatens to hit Eddie with it and Eddie just sort of like hit me, hit me, hit me and just snaps it in half. He snaps Kenny. He killed Kenny. Yeah, he killed Kenny and uh, Eddie Edwards is going absolutely batshit crazy. Um, He's just like, no! No! It was was decent. It'd be interesting to see where it goes. Um, Especially following the fact that Killer Cross wanted to leave. Um... So see what they do with it. And then we had a f- quite a good, fun rascal skit where they were doing this sort of 80s training montage. I did. I really enjoyed this. I thought it was yeah. hilarious. It was really good. Like sort of, they're doing, because the, they were at Philly, so they're obviously running up the steps, the Rocky steps and stuff like that. Yes, I also haven't seen Rocky, by the way. <sighs> <laughs> you hear the disappointment in my side. <laughs> Always gap, and it never fails to. Uh, we had the impact moment of the week. Which Didn't really need to watch bound, it because it was from for, last year. It was bound for oh. the glam for glory, but not one of the good things of bound for glory, which there wasn't that much of. It, it was, was the LAX OGs match for some yeah, reason with no apron. Yeah, and no any no mat and no anything, and it was bollocks. And then we had the main event, which was brilliant, and everyone should go out and watch it. <sighs> uh, Holy shit! Like actually, uh, amazing. Elgin versus Swan. Which one? Um, Poison Runners. Just the, the um, bucket bombs into the um, post. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, the th- like three in the row oh, yeah. on the outside. Uh, I mean, acrobatics by Elgin. Yeah, he can do them. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was just, it was good to see against Rich Swan, who obviously everyone knows he can do that. Yeah. Um, Michael Elgin changed to be X Division style. Yeah. It would well, be he's really he's sort of picked up the sort of Brian Cage sort of 
spot because he was well, doing the same fair, sort of stuff. They used to be in a tag team cage in Elgin. Yeah. The unbreakable effing machines. I could see them having good matches, to be fair. Um, they do. Because it, it, it was a sort of back and forth. They were, weren't able to get one over on each other and it was just building the tension. It was good. Um, this is what I'm loving about Impact right now. It is like a mix of PWG and Lucha Underground and I'm all about it. <laughs> like Elgin did like a sort of springboard splash over the top rope. Mm-hmm. Um, mid-air drop kick was great where Swan was coming off the top Elgin just sort of st- just a standing drop kick yeah. in mid-air what, what this really showed to me though was how good at kicking at kicking and punching Rich One is yeah like it's, it's weird so good. because like my main exposure to Rich One is PWG spot fests and cruise, WWE Cruiserweight matches where they don't yeah. have enough time to have psychology this is proof. This is proof to me that Rich one's good because I asked about fucking Callahan match. I was blaming it on him, but no, <laughs> it's not his fault. Um, there was just just loads of really good spots, like the buckle bombs, the two the two reverse hurricane runners. Which... I was I was really help, hoping that Elgin would hit a burning hammer. <laughs> Literally hit a burning hammer. It would probably be my match of the week. <laughs> um, it was just good, and then Elgin just went mental and. Started slamming them into a post and the ref de- de- like DQ'd him. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the ref DQ'd him because he pushed him. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I pushed the ref over, didn't he? Um, I mean, it, it, keeps really them, it keeps them both strong. Nobody yeah. lost. Yeah, but um, well, we did because we didn't get a proper finish. Yeah. <laughs> like, Elgin does, starts to beat down. Willie Mack comes down and saves him. Then Johnny Impact comes out. Fuck off. For some reason uh, and attacks them. And then it just sort, and then it just sort of ended. <laughs> yeah, it was a very TNA ending. Yeah, it was like shit. We're out of time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. But it was a good show. Uh, well, the last match was sort of really sort of the cherry on the. It was a solid. Cake. It was a solid show, but it's not been as it's not as good as the last two. In my nah, but that that one match really made up. Yeah, but that one match sort of made a difference, and yeah. next week is going to be shite. Fucking <laughs> oh, RBG. Yeah, I, I, I like RVD more than like Tommy Dreamer nowadays. I just don't want to see them, either of them. No, neither of them should be wrestling each other. Put them in a tag match against the Rascals or something so they can carry him. Yeah, LAX, anyone? Fucking Ethan Page, right, we've already done that. The North, RVD and Dreamer versus The North, that makes sense. Yeah, Fucking... but it was good, definitely worth catching that match. Yes. And so that concludes Impact for this week. I know you, you must be very confused, but I'm not hosting this, but, you know, things went awry and Rob has fallen into a mini black hole. He'll be back next week. And so now we move on to Match of the Week. It's my favourite time of the week, Gav. What's your Match of the Week, Gav? <laughs> um, it'd probably be Rich Swan um, Elgin. I could have called that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Closely followed by the men's money in the bank because I thought it was really good. Yeah, which one versus Elgin was better than anything the money in the bank? It was, uh, we can't, we sort of didn't do it justice. You should go watch yeah, it. Definitely um, go watch it. Whether you pirate it or not, that's your prerogative. Um, For me, oh, actually for Rob, it was Shane. Oh, no, it was Lacey versus Charlotte Um, for Rob. For, Rob secretly loves Lacey. Um, it Lacey versus Bay. Like, okay, all right, guys, it's very late. Rob's fault. Um, <laughs> And, okay, and my match of the week, and I'm glad I finally get to talk about this, is Walter versus Trent Seven at Super Strong South 16. Oofed. <laughs> oofed. 
oofed, oofed. It was amazing. Like, great old school storytelling mixed with, like, new school, um, strong style. And, like, their natural partners, they both hit really hard. Trent Seven is now this really, 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 really um, loved babyface. Now that the rest of British Strong Style has left progress. And Walter is now this hated heel because <laughs> no one can beat him. And he's beating over progress favourites. Um, I, this is closely followed by Cal O'Reilly versus um, Jordan Devlin and David Starr versus Jordan Devlin, just both amazing sign up to progress and line and go l- watch it, because honestly the whole weekend is stellar, no matter what voices on wrestling say, fucking two and a half star for Brooks versus fucking yeah, fuck off voices on wrestling anyway, amazing <laughs> stuff, great weekend you'd actually love it Garth, it's like proper good tournament, king of the ring booking I love that stuff yeah, I exactly. You 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 would love it. I I definitely recommend it. But that concludes this week's podcast. It has been a pleasure to have you listen to us. It's been your pleasure to have to be able to listen to us. Um, <laughs> Rob will be out of the black. Rob will be out of a black hole by next week. Ho- hopefully, with this edited podcast. And yeah, I guess you can find Rob at real Rob Goodwin since he can't speak for himself. Um, where can we find you, Gaff? At Gothamania. And you can find me at the best Twitter name, at CandyChris97. Um, you can find us on all of the relevant podcast places like Podbean, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Yes. And also you can find us on all the social medias at Podmania or at RealPodmania, depending on the social media. It tells you at the start. Um, Twitter. I'm going to be starting to do more stuff on Instagram since these two are old and don't know how Instagram works. Um, <laughs> also, Facebook. We, we should an Instagram? <laughs> <laughs> not an Instagram. Garth, an Instagram. Oh, damn it's, it. it's not a dating site for people your age. <laughs> Too shame. You've, <laughs> you've been listening to pod, Mania Podcast. It's so late. Thanks, Rob. Goodbye, everyone. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at RealPodmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans. Wrestling fans.